Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement that you don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? And how often do you think about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies, doing the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident with your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website or give us a call at 860-430-5397. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. I crossed up by Kobe, well, floated Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, it's fun. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clover Crest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is his availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not, they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with R&J. I am Steve Risser. Along here with Justin D'Onofrio. And before we get in, we got a comment from Xander. What up, my good brothers? We'll get to the, we'll get to that Cowboy Washington game. But uh, but before we get to Week uh, 14, we got to we got to go over what happened in Week 13 in that Monday night game. And the Patriots got a huge win over the Buffalo Bills, 14 to 10. And really, the difference in this game was the running game. The running game, you know, Damian Harris, Reandre Stevenson. They ran the football. I mean, they only they only threw the ball three times. It was an it was a it was an old school game, like a game back in the seventies, the way they ran the football. But they just kept doing it, and they and uh, they had success doing it. They ran for us for over two hundred yards. And uh, Buffalo, I mean, they just they just they just with the wind, they just they just had you know trouble moving the football. They had trouble scoring points. And I think the weather can even though the Patriots were on the road, the weather conditions were a huge advantage for the Patriots in this game because of the way they were able to because they were they were definitely the better team running the Buffalo is the better passing team, but New England's the better running team. When you when winds are when you when you're when you're playing a game with 25 mile an hour winds, you 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 if you're the better running team, you're gonna you're gonna be able to you're probably gonna be able to win that game. And that's what happened. I mean, I mean, obviously they that run by uh by by Damian Harris that a huge run. Uh, you know, set everything up for New England. I mean, obviously, you know, they probably might have only given up three points. It wasn't for Nikhil Harry, you know, getting in the way of that punt, you know, and then, and then, uh, and, and then obviously the Bills scored a touchdown there. But outside of that, you know, the Bills, they, they drove to, they got down there twice late in the, four, in the fourth quarter. But the Patriot defense has been outstanding during the winning streak and they continue to be outstanding. And that's why right now they're in first place in the AFC East and they have the number one seed 
in the AFC. I mean, and, and the big reason has been because of their running game, because of their defense, and the play of their rookie quarterback. Their rookie quarterback hasn't made mistakes, and obviously, and, and the obvious thing too is Bill Belichick's obviously shown why he's the best coach in football, and he's obviously shown it this year. So right now, the Patriots, the number one seed in the AFC, number one, uh, they're in first place in the AFC East. But big question, Justin, is are they the best team in the AFC right now? I think they are. And I'm not even trying to be biased here. I think because they, they're built to win in January. I thought the Chiefs the Chiefs have looked better the last few weeks. They kind of look like they're starting to go back to form. But, like, I thought Denver kind of shot themselves in the foot a couple times Sunday night. But, like, you know, with the way they can run the football, with the way their defense play, Adrian Phillips has been a great addition, you know, when they got him a couple years ago. Matthew Judon should be right up there for defense player of the year. Uh, you know, since they've kind of went to a lot of zone coverage, it's the defense has really picked it up the last few weeks. You know, Christian Barmore has been like a pretty good draft pick. I'm like, he hasn't, he doesn't have a ton of sacks, but you know, he's been getting a lot of QB pressures. So, um, you know, I, and Mac Jones, yeah, as you mentioned, not making the mistakes, you know, yeah, he, they, you know, they only ran, you know, they do it three times, but the last few games, you know, Kendrick Bourne has really stepped them and played better. I, I think, you know, the way they play defense, the way they force turnovers, I think they could beat anybody. And it's usually their special teams are pretty good. Like Nick Folk's been pretty automatic all year. I think he's like 32 for 34. You know, you know, um, obviously the punt return was not great. So, or with um, Harry there, I just, I don't get why you, you even had somebody out there um, trying to return a kick, especially that deep. Um, now I see, you know, the, Comments here by Hector and, and Sander. No one is a greater force than Mother Nature. New England knew how to adapt. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did a great job adapting to it. I mean, they they only they, they only threw the ball three times and ran it forty nine. But you know, they they adapted to, to what the conditions were and they played that game based on what the conditions were. And I did think they could have thrown the ball a couple of times. I mean, yeah, there was a couple of situations, a couple of third down. I think that third down where they got that field goal in the first half, and then in those fir- that, that first or second down play when the Bills stuffed them twice running the ball when they got that second field goal. I think they could have thrown the ball there. So they could have been a little bit less conservative, but but it worked. But being conservative in that game, it worked, and they were able to get a huge win. And, yes, the, 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 the game, the condition definitely played in their favor, but they were able to adapt to the conditions better than the Bills were. Yeah, they were, you know. And I thought the Bills threw the football pretty well, and they kind of just sat back there. We're, we're kind of waiting for Josh Allen to make those mistakes. There's a couple times the Patriots knocked a couple of balls down, but for the most part, Josh Allen kind of – you know, did we could against the zone and did pretty well against it, you know. Um, but, yeah, like, they, you know, Bill didn't really care kind of what you were to say about him after the game if they only threw the ball three times. Like, he, you know, if, if it's working, you know, don't, you know, there's no need to fix it. So that's all they did was just run the football. Yeah, they could have thrown a few more times. Yeah, as you mentioned, that first half. I figured they were going to go for it on that fourth down in the first one when, you know, I, I figured that's what they were going to do, but. They still got the field goal, which is good. But yeah, it, it shows just Bill's still one of the best. And it's, you know, they practice outside and he always talks about it. They always practice, you know, obviously up in Foxborough, you, you know, you get condi- conditions kind of like that from time to time. And they always practice in it too, because you never know when you're going to find yourself in a situation like that. And he's always kind of a few steps ahead of everybody else. And that's what has made him so great. And, you know, it the big win and, you know, they just, you know, um, they're kind of just right now just in a groove and just playing really, really good football right now. Going into a bye, too, you know, and, and pretty healthy as well for this late in the year. Exactly. And we, we got some comments, too, we'll get to with, with the, we get to Xander's ones. The Pats are 
the best team in the AFC. No, the, the best coach team in the AFC, no doubt. But I lean towards KC because there ain't no, there ain't no way the, the Pats win that way. Like they, they did. There's no way the Pats will win the way they did the last game going forward. And I agree there. I agree. If they play a team like Kansas City, they have to make they have to make explosive plays in the passing game. That's where I agree with Xander. I think that I would give the edge to Kansas City. I think their defense has started to play well. I know their offense has been hit or miss, but I do. But I know what that offense can do. That's why I would give. I did pick the Bills to go to the Super Bowl. I'm not. I'm still keeping that pick because I still think they have a chance. But right now, it's tough for me. I'm TB, TBA, TBD on who I think the best team in the AFC is. I picked the Bills to go to the Super Bowl, but right now I kind of feel like the Chiefs are just because I know what that offense can do. I know what that offense has, is able to do when they're clicking. And their defense, with since they moved Chris Jones uh, inside, has played really well. So right now I'm with Xander. I think the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. But I, I promised the audience I would do this. I will finally admit the Pats are Super Bowl contenders, and they're Super Bowl contenders because of their run game and because of their defense and because of their coaching. It's not because they're oh, not because of what they do in the passing game. It's because of their run game, defense, and coaching. Yeah, you know, but they haven't need to pass the football a lot. You know, they, you know, Mac Jones has just been the game manager. That's really all they needed. You know, like again, you know, he's had a couple three hundred yard games, but as long as they don't need to, you know, that's you know, Hector's kind of the Patriots know how to to adjust accordingly to the opponents. That's really what Bill and, does, you know. And they've done that for years. The Patriots have done yeah. that for years. If a team, you know, can't stop the run well, they're they're, they're going to run the ball. You remember those days when they used to play the Colts? They ran the ball all over the Colts because they couldn't stop the run. I remember, the, I remember they used to do that. I mean, they're just able to adjust. And I remember when they played Baltimore in that same, in that same postseason, they threw the ball a lot because Baltimore had troubles. Had, their secondary had, had issues, they, and they were good stopping the run. So – yeah, New England does a great job of that. That's why Bill is the best coach in the game. But in terms of winning the AFC, I st- I'm still gonna, I still don't think the AFC East is over uh, because I think that the, if you look at the schedules, I think we are going to have New England. I think New England is going to have a two game lead after this week because I think Buffalo is going to lose to Tampa. But if you look at the schedules going forward, uh, you look at the Bills schedule. They got the Panthers, they got the Falcons, and they got the Jets at home. I think those are. Look at the Bills schedule. Those are all, those, those three games are all going to be wins. And they, I know they, the, the Patriots and Bills play in Foxborough. If the Bills beat the Patriots in Foxborough, I still think they probably win the AFC East looking at the schedules for the two teams. Yeah, no, I, I could totally see that happening. Because, yeah, you know, Miami, they they always struggle down in Miami. You know, Miami always plays them tough down there. They already lost that game week one to them. I know it's a different Patriot team. But, yeah, I could see it. The Bills kind of schedule after this week kind of, you know, takes a step down. You know, they, they kind of get some lesser competition here. They should be able to go on a winning streak. But yeah, like I, you know, right now I do think the Patriots do find a way to way, find a way to win against the Bills at home in a few weeks. But I could totally see that happen because yeah, like you know, Saturday night or next Saturday night against the Colts, I could see him losing that game. I just feel like Bill is just going to shut down Jonathan Taylor, and I'm not really afraid of Carson Wentz throwing three fifty when three touchdowns against. Us. I'm not really afraid of that. So I feel like yes, if if Jonathan Taylor does find a way to have a big game. I could totally see the Colts beating us, but like, I, I feel like in that game, they, they shut them down enough. Uh, but I, if they do lose that game, I could totally see it. Obviously, Miami, too, on the road, always tough for them. So I could see them losing those two because of the way Miami's playing. Miami's been a lot better lately, especially that defense starting to really turn around. And their defense week one really stifled the Patriots. So I could totally see the the Bills finding a way to win this division So. Yeah, now we got a comment from Xander. With every division leader being eight and four, it's tough to tell who's the, who the best team in the in the AFC is. It's brutal to tell. I really, right now, can't tell you what team's the best team in the AFC. They all have their flaws. I mean, even Kansas City, and New England, Kansas City, 
their flaw has been they've had trouble running the ball, and they've just been inconsistent on both sides of the ball all season long. The first half of the year, their offense was really good, and they, but their defense was struggling, so, they, so, the, so as a result, they struggled. But recently, their defense has been playing well, and their offense has been struggling, but they've been winning games because their defense has been playing really well. So Kansas City has been inconsistent on both sides of the ball this year. New England, I really like their defense. I really like their running game, but I think, you know, with them having – I know Mac Jones has played well, but with them having a rookie quarterback and not having – and, and having the receiving core being average at best, I question their explosiveness on offense. Then you look at the other two eight and four teams, the Titans, they're just not healthy at all. They have a bunch of guys hurt. I mean, Henry's out, uh, and they've had and AJ Brown's out and Julio Jones is out. But even if those guys are in, I don't trust Ryan Tannehill to lead them to a championship. I just don't. I just don't think he's that he's that good without Derrick Henry. You look at his you look at the way he's played without Henry, he's been he's been a he's not played well at all without Derrick Henry. And then you look at the Baltimore Ravens. I think the Ravens at eight and four, they just have way too, if they were healthy, I'd easy, I'd probably pick them as the best team in the AFC, but they just have way too many injuries. They lost their, their two top corners. They lost their uh they lost, they lost their they lost their two top corners, they lost uh they lost uh, two two of their top running backs. They just have way, way too many injuries. So it's just so hard to tell who the best team in the AFC is right now. So we got Xander, so we got Xander um saying, So I'm right, fellas. Pats get a number one elite skill guy. Or either a Camara or a running back, they'll represent the. They, yes, I will admit that Xander. Yes, they have a good chance to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl if they get one of those guys. I mean, yeah, yes. And you got a Tommy from Hector Patriots eight and four. They're 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 uh most stable. They're, they're most stable right now. I I I I can agree to that. I listen. I am open to the fact right now that the Patriots are Super Bowl contenders. They're just not my favorite to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, it's just hard for me right now. I'm, T- I'm TBD because the team I picked to go to the Super Bowl isn't playing well, and I like the way Kansas City's been playing. So, but 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 it's just it's just so hard for me to say the Patriots are Super Bowl are, are the favorite in the AFC with a rookie quarterback. I, it's just it's just I'm just so undecided in the AFC. So yes, and then Xander said these, uh, the Ravens lost Mark Peters. I said they lost their top two corners. So yeah, so. It's yeah. just it's it's so hard. It's just so hard to pick a team right now, which makes it fun. It's, it's going to make it fun to watch, especially in the play. The AFC playoffs are going to be fun to watch because there's just so many teams <laughs> that you don't trust. There could there could be a there could be really there's really one through seven. Really anything could happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that one seed is going to mean a lot too. That you kind of you know you you get that off week too with how brutal it is because that seventeen could be the Bills and as you mentioned that that's a Super Bowl contender like or, you know. or, it, could, or, or it could be Justin Herbert and the Chargers yeah so it could, be, it could be one of those two teams so you're yeah you're you're facing a Super Bowl contender in the first round for example in the NFC if you get the two seed you're going to probably face Washington, Washington. or Philly which, which which those teams their ceilings are not are not high at all so I mean I mean this is just a weird weird year in the AFC where there's just, just, just there's just so much parity yeah there has been it it good for the game too that it's going to make these playoffs really really fun um Hector coming and if the Patriots lose in the playoff people are just going to justify the fact Mac Jones is a rookie yeah, yeah it depends yeah, how he I mean, plays yeah, now I'm yeah. not afraid of Mac in the playoffs because he's playing national championship but like I'm not worried about him going to a big game because I feel like he's been in the big games and you know yeah I'm but, not afraid but, of him being worried yeah but Justin this, this is a different ball game this is a different is. this isn't college football this is a different ball game I mean there has been no rookie quarterback that has won a Super Bowl, but none. So this this is a totally different ball game in playing in the NFL playoffs and in playing in the college football playoffs. No, it is. It definitely is. I just you know every time I hear him talk, he's just wired different. Like I don't think this is gonna. I don't think it affects him. Like I think he's, you know, I, I think he'll play well, but I don't think he goes in there and um. Did Joe? No, 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 no. Joe Namath was not a rookie. He was not a rookie. 
look it up. He was not a rookie. Joe Namath was not a rookie when he won a Super Bowl. That's not, that's not accurate. Joe Namath was not a rookie when he won a Super Bowl. I mean, I know that for, I know that for sure. I don't know when he started playing, but, uh, and Sanders says, wait, he wasn't a rookie. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I, yes. So he, yeah. Joe Namath is not a rookie. So no rookie quarterback has led a team has, has won a Super Bowl. So I, I still got to stick to that theory. That's why I don't have the Patriots as my favorite. It's hard. It's really – right now I probably have to say the Chiefs, but I'm it's funny for me. I have to say the Chiefs are the favorite right now, but I just can't get off the Bills because I picked them before the season, and it's still possible that they could win it. So I don't want to get off them yeah. if they end up winning it. So it's just it's it's, it's hard right now. Yeah, no, I hear it. it is. It, it's tough, and it's like, yeah, the Patriots right now, the most able, they're they're playing the best right now. But it's like the Chiefs, like, it's like they've had so many drop passes. Mahomes has, you know, I think he's still leading the league in interceptions. It's like, yeah, what often does show up for the Chiefs? And it's like the defense has been playing well, but it's like at what point do they kind of, like, can you really rely on this defense to keep being the anchor of this team? Like, I don't think you can. That's That's what I'm worried about. Their offense does have a you know another few tough weeks. Now this week against the Raiders, they should be able to score some points. But yeah, you know that defense I think still has some issues, and they still could have a couple of letdowns there. Um, yeah, the Browns you can't trust with Baker Mayfield. The Ravens are so banged up, and their offense kind of looks broken right now. It does. And the Bills, be, yeah, because because their receivers yeah. can't beat man coverage. No, no, they can't. And you know Lamar's been sacked the most times. You know it has been sacked the most so far right now in the NFL. You know, the Titans, yeah, you know, if they get healthy and they get Henry back, I think they're da- I think they could be dangerous with Derrick Henry back, you know, and pretty fresh. And then obviously as you mentioned Buffalo too, like that, you know, they've only had one win against a team above five hundred, but it's still a dangerous team that has a lot of weapons. And uh they, they can put up a lot of points on you if you're if you're um you know, if your defense is not a and Xander makes a good point. The number one scoring defense has been the Chiefs, so they're hot at the right time. Yeah, they, they, they definitely – the Chiefs have definitely gotten hot at the right time. I trust the quarterback. And even though the offense hasn't played that well, I think a big reason for that is their running game. Uh, I trust the quarterback. I trust the coach. The defense has been playing well. So, yeah, it's, it's, very, it's, 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 it's probably close between New England and Kansas City, but you can't say the way, the, the way, the way New England is built with their, with their lack of explosiveness in the passing game and the way Kansas City and with Kansas City not being as good this year, they might be the two favorites right now, but you can't put them in another class. I still think it's very, very even in the AFC. Yeah, no, they're, they're like neck and neck, I believe. You know, I think that I gave the Patriots the edge because I think in that matchup, like I, I see what they did back in um, 2000. You know, 18, where they where the Patriots had the ball for 40 minutes, just kind of said, "Okay, stop us in the run game." They couldn't, and they kept Mahomes off the field. Like I, I like, you know, the way they played the Bills is the same way they're gonna. You know, I think they could be. But the I don't Kansas think that's. Chiefs. I don't think that's gonna work against the Chiefs now with without Tom Brady. That's just to me. It's that's not that's not gonna work because even though they could run the ball, they don't have a quarterback that could be that could keep up with Patrick. I know the Patriots defense is good. But I don't know if they're going to have a quarterback be able to keep up with Patrick Mahomes. That, that I mean, in that in 2018 they had Tom Brady. They, they did shut him out in the first half, but they had Tom Brady who was able to keep up with Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if Mac Jones is going to be able to keep up with Patrick Mahomes. That's the big question. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it depends. You know, definitely depends. It depends on how KC's defense is playing. You know, like Bourne's made a couple explosive plays this year. Like I wish they, because Aguilar is a big play wide receiver. You know, I wish they could get him more involved in that. But I know the drops have kind of been an issue. You know, but yeah, like you know, this the screen's kind of been working. Like they've been able to use some screen passes too for some explosiveness. But yeah, like I, I hear you saying that it, you know, 
we really haven't seen Max Jones yet play in a shootout. And yeah, who knows with that all with the new yeah, obviously Kansas City's offense is it's better than New England's, you know, the, with all the skill guys Kansas City has. Um, you know, so yeah, we haven't seen Mac kind of play in that shootout, which and it's tough to beat Mahomes in a shootout. Yeah, they they you know, obviously it helps that they have Brady. Um, but like I, I feel like our defense would still be able to kind of keep us around. It would be tough to kind of play zone. You know, keep, as the intercept, uh, Mac Jones isn't beating KC. It would have to be the defense, and that would have to win it for New England. Yes, and then the, and the problem is though, if 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 Kansas City gets their offense going, and in, in this era of football, it's very very difficult for a defense to beat to beat to beat an offense like that. Kansas City's good enough defensively, and I think their offense would score enough points for them to win that game if they played in, a, in an AFC Championship game. Yeah, I think they could. You know, yeah, Max knocking out dual Patrick Holmes. Like they're gonna have to. Um, and you know, Zane Collins, New England does not have the personnel to be shut out. So they don't. They don't. And, they don't. They don't. And, that, 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 that's and that's gonna be their issue if they play a Kansas City in an AFC Championship game. That's gonna be their. That's gonna be their issue. Yeah, it will be. And you know, yeah, and their defense is gonna have to make some plays. You know, get takeaways. You know. Patrick Owens is pretty good against his own car. Like, you know, that what worries me is they just don't have the secondary to kind of play. Cause like the Buffalo on uh Monday night pretty much exposed Miles Bryan out there. Um, you know, I know he made the big play late and he kind of made up for it, knocking down that fourth and 14 to kind of steal the win. But you know, they he kind of got exposed the other night. So that you know, that would worry me because they have to kind of play some man, but because especially Kansas City's been kind of trying to take more of what the defense gives you. You know, I, I feel like Bill would make a pretty good, you know, obviously make a good game plan to kind of slow them down enough. Like, I feel like if that game, if the Patriots keep them in the low 20s, you know, somewhere around there, I feel like the Patriots have a really good shot. But I, I think if it gets more to like 24, 25, somewhere around there, then I, I definitely do have to go with the Chiefs. Like, I think they do have to keep it around mid to low 20s to be able to knock off Kansas City. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So it should be interesting to see what happens with the Patriots going forward. But we're going to stick with the Bills, and now they face the Patriots' former quarterback on Sunday. It doesn't get any easier for them. They have to head down to Tampa to face the Patriots' for, former quarterback on Sunday as the Buccaneers are playing really well as, as they host the Buffalo Bills. And I think the Bucs win this game, and I think they win it by a couple scores. I think they, Fournette gets enough yards in the run game, and I think Brady has a big day. I think he continues to play the way he's been playing. I think he throws a couple, uh, he throws a couple of touchdown passes. I think the Bucs' defense forces a turnover from Josh Allen. I do think, you know, Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley, they make some plays in the passing game, but it won't be enough. I got the Bucks going to ten and three, and I got them beating the Bills thirty-one to twenty. But Justin, can the Bills bounce back from their heartbreaking loss and pull the upset on Sunday afternoon? I don't see it happening. I got the Bucks thirty-one to twenty-four. You know, the Bucks in the last four home games have won at won at by at least twenty points. They've been blowing teams out at home. They've been much better at home than they have been on the road. Um, and I, I see them winning this one. I think the Bills are going to be able to score some points just because of how bad Tampa Bay secondary is. But I just don't think it's enough. Yeah, I, I think the, the Buccaneers kind of take a lead, and I think they do rely – or they do go to more of the running game to kind of keep Josh Allen off the field enough to be able to kind of keep the – you know, have a distance there on their lead. You know, I, and I think, you know, this game really hurts that the Bills kind of won't have um, Tredavious White in this game. So I think that's – because their they're pass defense right now is number one in the league, but without Tredavious White, I think they're really going to struggle this game. And I see Bill – I, I mean, the Buccaneers um, be able to kind of take control of this game. 
Xander, the Buccaneers are undefeated at home. They're not losing by double digits on their home field. Come on. Come on now. Come on. 31 to 20. Come on. Stop it, please. Okay. How does a team with with no running, that's not going to be able to run the ball at all against a pretty good defense going to put up 31 points? Come on. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised they put up 24 points. And and, and I'm I'm sorry, the Bills' defense is pretty good, but Tom Brady is amazing, and he's going to throw for a couple touchdowns. Listen, 31-20, come on now. Stop. I mean, you just you just want the Buccaneers to lose so your Cowboys can move up in the in, in the NFC. Come on now. Yeah, I, I don't really. I maybe the Bills somehow pull out a squeak, a close one, but I, I don't I don't see them winning by double digits. I don't I don't see Tom Brady lose one. They've been great at home. Yeah, they they they're gonna be you know they're gonna have to be one dimensional again this week, and hey, that's that's gonna be a problem. I think that's kind of been a big problem for him. So yeah, I. I could see him winning a close one on the road. I definitely could not see them winning by double digits against uh, Tom Brady. It doesn't uh, doesn't happen. Sorry, bro, bro. You're you're, hey, 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 hey. you're gonna put down. You're gonna put uh, predictions like that. You're not gonna make me happy. Okay, okay. I didn't mean to expose you, but dude, I was not thrilled with that prediction. I just it just didn't see it. It felt like it was biased towards your Cowboys. You want Tampa to lose, so you're gonna pick the Bills to win a game big. The Bills have beaten one team with a winning record all year, and that's Kansas City, and that's when Kansas City was struggling. So I, I think that the Bills win. The Bills could win the game. Don't get me wrong, but they ain't winning that game by two scores. Okay. Yeah, yeah he said he was strong. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense with the Cowboy. Yeah, he he'll be cheering for the Bills, but yeah, I think he knows uh, that uh, the Bucks will win this one. Uh, Xander's comment. I mean, Hector's comment. Hector's the Bucks handled. If the Bucks handled a shootout with the Colts, who have the best running back. The, the bills don't stand a chance. Yeah, I, I could agree there, and, and, and I mean, I don't, th- I don't think they don't stand. I mean, I, I, I don't think they don't stand a chance, but it's gonna be very difficult for the bills to win the game. And then, and then Xander said, "Bills can win this game." Yeah, they they can win yeah. the game if they, if they if if Josh Allen has the has a has the has a great game, and they and they, and and they go back and forth. It's just gonna be hard that the Bucks defense is gonna know that the Bills are gonna throw the ball. It's going to be very, very hard. They could, they, could, I mean, guys like JPP and Barrett, they could pin their ears back and get pressure on Josh Allen. Don't forget, the Buffalo Bills' offensive line is not that good either. So, I, I mean, I, I just, I think it's going to be a very difficult. The Bills could win it because they got the quarterback to win it. It's just going to be a very difficult game for them to win. Yeah, it is. You know, I could see them. Yeah, they're going to, have to be one dimensional. I could see them because of you know the Tampa Bay secondary. I could definitely see them putting up some yards and, and scoring points in this game. But like at some point, yeah, like I think the Buccaneers kind of sit back and say, all right you're going to have to run the ball to beat us. And I, I don't see that happening. You know, I, I just cannot see the Bills be able to run the ball effectively enough to kind of be, um, you know, two-dimensional. Oh, yeah, yes, yes, and, yeah, and I get to Andrew's comment. Yeah. They can win through the air. Diggs will eat. He is a, there's a good chance Diggs could have a huge game against the Buccaneers. It's, but when a team knows you're going to throw the ball, it's very, it's hard to, to win a game against a really good football team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's just going to be really, really hard. From the win the game, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills win. But it's just going to be a very and they're and they don't forget they're coming off a short week too, and they have to go on the road. So it's going to be it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game for the Bills to win. But yes, you got a point. The Bills can win. But it's just going to be very tough for them to win. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be tough. You know the uh, conditions are. You know it's going to be tough to win, but you know with their ability to not be able to run the football. But yeah, I think the Bills are definitely good enough to short week. I think Diggs should have a huge day. You know receiving as well but yeah i just tom brady against the bills too like you know he, he's on the bills i just i you know i know it's a different bills team than it has been the last 20 years but like i you know 
He's got so much confidence. The Bills, I just I can't see him losing to Buffalo this week. All right, we got to get to Xander's team. We got to get to the Cowboys. They got a big, big game in Landover, Maryland, as the Cowboys head up to Landover, Maryland, face the Washington football team. The Washington football team's won four in a row, and they got a formula for it. They've ran the ball with Antonio Gibson, and they've been able to stop the run. And that's really the big reason why they've won four in a row. Dallas has not. I mean, they won last week, but they've lost three of their last five. So this should be a really interesting game between these two teams. But for the Cowboys, they're the best team in the in the in the, in the NFC East. And for me, there's no excuse for them not to win this game. I, I feel like they'll struggle a little bit running the football because Washington's ran the ball well. But the difference is going to be the passing game of, of Dallas. The passing game of Dallas will be better than the passing game of Washington. I think CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper have big games. And Dak Prescott has a really good game. Maybe Prescott turns the ball over once. But I, but I think, you know, I think Dallas forces a turnover from Washington. Jonathan Allen might not play, and that's going to be crucial in this game if he can't play because that's interior, that's interior pass rush. That's a guy who can stop the run. I think it's a close competitive NFC's battle, but I'm taking the more talented team and the team with the better quarterback. And I got the Cowboys winning 27-20 over Washington on Sunday. But, Justin, can Washington's D contain Dallas's offense and can Taylor Heineke make enough plays to get them closer to first place? I think they do. I have Washington 27-23. <laughs> sorry, Xander. I just – Oh, man, you know, I want to see the comments I, there. I thought Dallas last week, too, like, you know, they picked off, you know, Taysom Hill three times before quarter. Like, I didn't think they played great. I thought, you know, like, they, again, they played Taysom Hill that kind of had a, you know, broken middle finger there that on his throwing hand. They couldn't, they couldn't do much, and I still thought, you know, Dallas didn't play great. Again, I think Washington's one of the hottest teams right now in the league. They've only been giving up 17 points the last five weeks. Last week, they shut down a really good Raiders offense. I know they didn't have Darren Waller and they have all their other issues, but, you know, they only had two sacks last week against Carr, but Carr did not have much time at all to, to work with last week. And I, I think they could they could get, a you know, some pressure once again this week on Dak Prescott. And then, yeah, I think Taylor Heineke could, you know, be able to make enough plays. And I think with the running game, I think they keep Dallas off the field long enough to, to win this game. And then I'll take Ron Rivera over Mike McCarthy any day of the week. And I, I think – I think, you know, Ron Rivera dials something up and, you know, you know, out coaches Mike McCarthy. And I think Washington finds a way to win. I think right now they're, you know, their, their defense has really figured it out. And I think they shut down the Cowboys just enough at home. Because I can't see – because I think, you know, the way Washington's been playing, I think they find a way to split these two. And I think this is the one Washington wins. Like, I think it could, it will be a different story when they play in Dallas in a few weeks. So, I got – I think Washington wins this one. Here we got a comment from Xander. So my beer bottle is going to score enough on my on my Dallas D, and that my, my so my beer bottle is going to score enough on my Dallas D. Just got Tank Lawrence and Gregory back this week. Diggs has a hundred picks already. So, yeah, I mean, I mean they listen, don't have Allen. You know, I yeah, I, I mean, listen, no Chase Young, no. Ch I mean, J J Josh Allen is not on the. I mean, Josh. The, the, that's that's uh, Sweat Marcus Sweat. He's on the uh, he's on the uh, uh, Washington football team. Josh Allen. He's on the he's on the Jaguars. But yeah, yeah. They might not have they might not have uh, they might not have Jonathan. No, Jonathan. I think he meant Jonathan Allen. I think he yeah, meant Jonathan Allen. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. No, if they, if those guys don't play, that could be crucial in this game. And Dallas can win it by two scores. I mean, I, and I think Dallas should win this game. They're the better team. They're the more talented team. The only issue is they're not. The, the Washington's clearly the better coach team, and that could be a difference in this game, especially playing on the road. I mean, they're used we saw on Thanksgiving. Dallas had 28 penalties. So that's why Washington has a chance. I just think the more talented team 
wins this game. I, 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 I just, I can see that happening. And you did reference pressure on Derek Carr. Dallas's offensive line is clearly better than Washington. So I don't think pressure is going to be as much an issue. Yeah. I do feel like, I feel like the lack of a running game, because I think Zeke is a little banged up. I feel like the lack of a running game is what's going to be an issue for, it's going to be an issue for the Cowboys. And that could be a chance. That could be a reason why they lose this game. But I just feel like the Cowboys are just, I mean, I hate the Cowboys, but I just feel like they're the more talented team. I mean, Washington's done a really good job getting to six and six but they don't have the talent that the Dallas Cowboys have. No, they don't. They don't. And I, I think, you know, the big part of this is I, I do think it's coaching. I think Washington's really kind of found a groove here. And again, like Dallas, like what Dallas team's going to show up? Like I haven't really seen that Dallas team that, you know, we saw in the beginning of the year. Like doesn't this usually right around the time where Dallas kind of goes on that like collapse, like we've seen the last few years, like they, they like lose two of three, three, you know, and they, they start to kind of struggle down the stretch. Like, it seems like, you know, they get to like December. I, I, you know, like I can't, I can't see Dallas running the table in the FC East. And I think they have to lose at least one. I think they lose one. And I think this is the one at Washington. The, the Eagles are playing well, but I, I don't think Dallas will be able to stop them. Like, I think Washington, I, you know, I think Washington does find a way. I think with Antonio Gibson, the way they're running the football, like I think they keep Dallas off the field long enough, their offense. Um, this year's the year. <laughs> uh, here, here's the deal. Then, yes, I can. For with your point, I could see Washington winning the game because of the coaching and the running game that Washington has, and I think they could stop the run. I don't think it's going to happen because of uh, because of the because because I think that Dallas just has a better passing game and they have the more talented team. But here's here's another thing to say: this year is different is totally inaccurate. I feel like this is going to be you know a twelve a, a eleven to twelve win Dallas team. That doesn't get – there's a ceiling for this Dallas team. And I think the reason the ceiling is the way it is is because of the coaching. I don't think Mike McCarthy is good enough to beat one of those top – I don't think the, this Dallas team is good enough to beat one of the top three teams in the league. I don't think they're good enough to beat Brady in the playoffs. I don't think they're good enough to beat Arizona the way they're playing. And I don't think they're good enough to beat, to beat Green Bay. They might – I wouldn't be surprised they beat the Rams in the first round. But I don't think this year is is different. Here's a – for Hector, Dallas will finish 3-2 and two in their last five games. That's possible. Three and two is possible. I, 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 Arizona yeah, is very, very, three and two is very possible because they could drop one of the division games and then they could drop that game to Arizona. So that's very possible they could finish three and two. But the point is, I think the Cowboys are a 12 11 win team, but I think their ceiling is a divisional round of the playoffs. I don't think this, I don't think this year is different. I think this team loses in the divisional round of the playoffs because I just don't think the coaching is, is good enough. I just don't think, I don't think, and, and if they play one of those three teams, they're gonna. They're not gonna have the better quarterback. I think they'll obviously when they play the Bucks and the and the Packers, they won't have the better quarterback. And I think when they play the Cardinals, I don't think they're gonna have the better quarterback either. So they won't have the better quarterback, and they probably won't have the better coach against either of those teams. So and the rosters are pretty much even. And you can argue that the Packers, the Cardinals, and the Bucks have better rosters than the Cowboys. So roster, coach, and quarterback all go against the Cowboys as they play one of those three teams. That's why I don't think this year is different. And that's why I think the Cowboys, I think they win this week, but I think, and they, and they win the NFC East, but I think they're a 12 to 11 win team that maybe wins a playoff game, but does not get out of the divisional round. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't see, you know, yeah. Like going up to green Bay, I can't see them winning up in green Bay, you know, in January, I can't see that happening. Arizona, Obviously, Arizona coaching horrible, but I, I just think that I, that roster is too I, good. I, for I actually, I've came around on Arizona's coaching. I know yeah. you haven't, but I've came around on on Cliff Kingsbury. Mm, I'm still not there. I just think this team's too good to mess up right now. That that's all I, I think. You know, I, I guess close game. You know, I'll I'll kind of judge them then. But you know, yeah, Arizona. I can't see them being. They're definitely not being Tom Brady in, in January. That's just not happening. So. Yeah, you know, Dallas has a talented roster. They're getting better, especially on the defense side of the ball. But, yeah, I just don't think they're there yet. You know, obviously McCarthy's not the guy. And 
Again, they want to make that next step. I think you do have to get another coach, but again, that's I don't think that's happening because you know they, they can't get a good enough coach with Jerry Jones sitting there as no, the GM. So. No, no, no. There, there, there's a there's a ceiling. There's a ceiling. I mean, McCarthy's going to be good enough, just like Garrett and Wade Phillips were to win divisions, maybe win a wild card game. But with McCarthy, they're not good enough to win a Super Bowl. That's just it's just, just as simple as that. No, absolutely not. I totally agree with you there. Yeah, they're just not they're just not good enough to win a Super Bowl. But we got to get to a another game. We got to get to the Thursday night game between the Steelers and the Vikings. And these are two teams that are two playoff hopefuls. Uh, trying both teams trying to make the playoffs. Minnesota's case, Minnesota did not make a good case to make the playoffs last week. You know, helping the Lions get their first win of the season. And we got to stop with the Kirk Cousins MVP talk. That needs yeah, to stop. That that, 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 that that needs to go away. Now. That needs to stop. That needs to stop. Yeah. So we got the Steelers who came off. They got a big win last week against the Ravens. For this game, I think it's a close competitive game, but. For a Thursday night game, it's so hard to pick because Dalvin Cook's out, Adam Thielen's out for the Vikings. It's so hard to pick, but I'm just I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Vikings close just because they're at home, and I don't I don't love the Steelers' offense. I think Big Ben's gonna turn the ball over once. I do think they T.J. Watt's gonna have a good game and maybe force a turnover, but in the end, I got the Vikings winning it close. I got the Vikings beating the Steelers 23 to 20. But Justin, can Watt and Big Ben keep the Steelers' playoff hopes alive Thursday night? I think it's to be tough. I got the Vikings as well, 24 to 20. Yeah, these Thursday nights, short week, you know. I think it comes down to two in this game. Like, the Steelers defense were on the field for over 36 minutes last week. Like, I think that could be a big factor, especially on a short week. Especially if they can get, you know, Minnesota can run the ball to Alexander Madison and they control the clock once again. I think they could wear down the Steelers defense. You know, yeah, I could see uh, TJ Watt being a game record, one of the best, you know, defense players in the entire league. You know, I could see him brushing Cousins if Cousins making a few mistakes in this game. You know, he's been really good at that. Yes, yeah, so I'll silence at five and seven. They can't really talk much about Cousins the MVP, even though he played pretty well last week. But um, oh yeah, yeah, the defense I, was terrible. But he didn't, yeah, he didn't play well enough. That was the problem. No. You get down twenty to six as a quarterback, that's on you. Okay, that's why you're not yeah. a top. You're in that third. That's why you're not. You're not in the first tier. You're definitely in the first tier. You're not in the second tier. That's why you're in the third tier. That's why you're in that Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr classic quarterback, so that they, which needs a ton of help to, to lead a team to a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, it's unexcusable to get down 20 to 6 of the line, especially how bad their defense has been. But, you know, they play hard. But, um, you know, anyways, I, I think, you know, Kurt probably makes a few mistakes, could make a mistake or two in this game that kind of, you know, gets the Steelers into it. But, yeah, like I – you know, coming off emotional win, I can't see their offense doing a lot, even though playing defense isn't great. I just – I don't really have my, much confidence right now in the Seals' offense still. So, I, I got the Vikings 24-20. Yeah, it should be an interesting game between those two teams. But we got a very, very good matchup, big NFC West matchup on Monday night as the Rams travel to Arizona to face the Cardinals. And for me, I got I – got, I got, in the top tier in the NFC, I got the Cardinals, I got the Packers, and I got the Buccaneers. The Rams, uh, the Cowboys, they're on the second tier. I'm not putting them on the top tier. I don't care what they do for the rest of the season. I'm not putting them on the top tier. The Rams, I think, are a little TBD to me because I like the talent on this football team. I mean, obviously, you know, when you have, you know, Aaron Donald and Von Miller and, you know, Jalen Ramsey, they, they got a lot of talent on this team. But the quarterback has struggled. He struggled. He did not play well against the Cardinals the first time. He didn't play well in the losses of the Titans to the 49ers, and he was okay against the Packers. So he, did, he has not played great against good teams. I think this is going to be a close competitive game. I think I but but I think there might be a turnover either way. I think both teams towards a turnover and that might lead to a touchdown either way. 
but I'm going to go, but I, but I trust right now. I just trust the Cardinals more than the Rams. And I like Kyler Murray better than I like Matthew Stafford. I think this is a close competitive. I think it's definitely more competitive in the game earlier in the season. I think it's close and competitive, but I'm going to take the Cardinals. And, and, and Xander talks about how it's different for the Card- Cowboys this year. That's a myth. It's different, but it is different for the Cardinals this year. They've turned their program around. They're 10 and two. They have the best record in the NFL. And I think they continue to have the best record in the NFL this week as they beat the Rams. 27-23 to, to pretty much lock up the NFC West. But, Justin, can Stafford keep up with Murray and get revenge from week five? I don't think so. I get the Cardinals 28-20. to 20. Uh, You know, Stafford are really the big game. The Titans, he made a couple key interceptions. You know, like the like these primetime games, the Rams have really showed the last few times around. And I think that continues this week, you know. Um you know, they struggled against the Packers or, you know, they, they, but like, again, it's been mistakes. They have, they've had like nine turnovers in their four games or their four losses. And I think that kind of hurts them again this week. You know, they haven't, you know, Stafford struggled to protect the football in a game like this. I think Arizona gets some pressure on him. Uh, and I think like Kyle Murray, they will take advantage of it. You know, I, you know, I think Arizona's defense right now has been playing well. I, you know, can the Rams get it going on the ground game? I think they can a bit. You know, I think they're going to have to with how good Arizona secondary has been. They're fourth in, in the league right now in um, passing defense, so they're gonna they're gonna have to you know um, they're gonna have to make some plays in the running game. But I just I can't trust Matthew Stafford in a game like this to protect the football right now, and I think that's what it comes down to. And I have the I have the Rams, you know, twenty eight to twenty. Um, getting this win. I just, I need to see the Rams other than they beat the Bucks. They look good in, but like, other than that, against a really, against a playoff caliber team, they really haven't looked good. And that's, I, until they do do that again, I, I, I got to pick against them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we got to get to my team who is staying out in Arizona this week as they get ready to play the, uh, play the chargers. But the problem is, is they're they're They got a court, probably going to have a quarterback starting. Who's not even taking a snap his NFL career, and that's Jacob Fromm. This is this is a brutal matchup for this team. Having to go up against Justin Herbert. I know the Giants' defense has definitely played well of late, but Justin Herbert has played really well. To, has been playing really well too. And I think I think that uh, I think that Herbert has a pretty good day. I think I think the Giants do you know contain Eckler on the ground, but I think Herbert has a big day. And I think the only way the Giants can stay in this game is if the Chargers play this game stupidly. If the Chargers play two deep safeties, the Giants line up in 11 personnel, which is three wide receivers, one tight end, and one running back, and they only have six guys in the box, I think that uh, I, I think that Saquon Barkley could potentially have a big day. That's how the Chargers have kind of played all year. They've kind of played all year this, you know, two deep these two deep safeties, and really haven't cared. But in this game, you got to keep Derwin James near the box. Really, all you have to do is contain Saquon Barkley, and the Giants probably do nothing on offense in this game. But if they don't, that's the only way I can see the Giants competing. But Brandon Staley's a smart coach. I think he'll adjust. I think they'll contain Saquon Barkley. I think it's going to be a brutal day for the Giants' offense and with Jacob Fromm starting. I think he'll throw a pick or two, I th- and I think he'll put the defense in bad spots. And that's why I got the Chargers winning this one big. I got the Chargers beating the Giants 27-10. to 10. But, Justin, can Saquon carry the Giants to an upset win? Uh, I don't think so. I think the Giants can keep this thing close, 27-20. to 20. I like the way their defense been playing. I think they could kind of – a couple of key spots and, and, you know, we keep this in close, but Barkley, I don't think so. Like if, as you mentioned, they play the two high safety, I think he can, but the problem with Barkley, he's dancing too much. And I just don't know if he's worried that's about another pro- injury. Yeah. That's the problem. His whole career, too much dance, dancing around the line of scrimmage, no North South running. It's ridiculous. No. 
No. And he used to be a bruising back at Penn State, and it's like, can he bring that back? And, you know, that's what I thought he was going to be in the NFL. He really hasn't, and that's been the problem. He just hesitates when he kind of – that hole, he just kind of – you know, he's got to pick a hole and go, and he just has it his whole career, and that's that's been the problem. And, yeah, the Chargers play the 2 high safety. I think they have a very good – you know, not a very good chance. They have a good chance to move the ball and be able to keep this thing close, but if not, then – yeah, I, I think, you know, Barkley's going to be bottled up once again, and I think it's going to be a tough day for them to do anything. Um, <laughs> Xander, I mean. Yeah, yeah you, have, you have to dance when you're line of stream. I mean, yeah, you pretty much have have no choice. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. At, at that point, yeah, yeah, you're right about that. You have no choice. It, it's just it's just, it's just disappointing because, obviously, the Giants had high hopes for Saquon Barkley. When they draft, they should I, they should have never drafted the number two overall pick, but obviously the organization had high hopes when they draft them, and he just, it just, he just hasn't lived up to it. No, he hasn't. It's been the injuries, you know, again, and, you know, that first year, that rookie year, you kind of played well, you know, for the most part. But it's like, yeah, running back, it's tough to take number two overall. You know, they're, the lifespan is so short. And it, unless you know this is like a definite Hall of Fame pick, then you it's, you really can't pick a running back at number two in the draft anymore. It's just, you know, the, the you know, the injuries too. Yeah, it's been tough. And, and yeah, well, they get the line not being great. It is, it is tough when there is nothing there, but, um, yeah, it, it's been tough for Barkley. And I know it's it's been frustrating for your Giants fans because it's like, you know, you had Barkley. And then all the other receivers you kind of got to talk to. You thought, you know, this offense would be very explosive and you're going to see more from Daniel Jones, but you really haven't had anybody healthy all at the same time to be able to see what this offense can do. And uh, it's been disappointing to kind of see that this year unfold for the Giants. Absolutely. 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 And and here's another question. We know you've watched Jacob Fromm a lot in college with Georgia. What are, what should Giant fans expect to see from Jacob Fromm? Jacob Fromm, he's a he's a smart, he's got high football IQ. He makes good reads. He waits for the play to develop. He has a good sense of when the pressure is coming and know and knows when to get rid of the football. You know, so he, you know, I, I think in that case he's been very good. It's the more of it's he's just not physically built like most NFL quarterback. He's he just not physically there. His deep ball accuracy went down like back in 2018. He really struggled with that. Um, and he needs like pinpoint accuracy with thrown, thrown into the windows. Like it's, it's more stuff of like mechanics and stuff like that. It's like with his, you know, you know, his football smart and his IQ is all there. It's just more the kind of the physical tools Again, we haven't really seen him in three years, so maybe, you know, he's developed it over time. But, again, it's like how many reps has this kid gotten, you know, with the Giants and before with the Bills who drafted him and, you know, cut him a couple weeks ago. You know, it'll it'll be very interesting. But he's a guy – he's a pocket passer. He's not going to run much. He will give his body up if he has – if, you know, he sees the sticks are there and he can get there, he'll give up his body to try to get that first down. But, like, other than that, you will not really see him run. But – Again, he's a guy that going into that year, going back to 2019 season, he was supposed to be one of the first quarterbacks picked off the board, and he dropped all the way to the fourth or fifth round. So he's a guy that people were very high on going in that year. So who knows? Maybe the Giants find the lightning in the bottle here, but I'm not, I'm not, don't think that's really going to happen here uh, for the Giants this week. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens to him on Sunday. We got another comment from Xander. Unless you do what Dallas did, build the O line, you don't draft. For- you draft running backs, but not that high. And Dallas did. And you can even argue Dal- when Dallas took Zeke, 
that might have even been the wrong pick because they had they didn't because Jalen Ramsey was sitting right there. And if if, if Dallas had Jalen Ramsey, I know Trayvon Diggs is good. He's not Jalen Ramsey good. If they would have had Jalen Ramsey, that's a franchise that's a franchise corner right there. So yeah, good point by good point by Xander though, saying that if you don't have a if you don't have a really good O line, you really shouldn't be drafting a running back high. Yeah, you know, yeah, he definitely has a point there because that, that offensive line hasn't been great, and for the Cowboys, yeah, it's been it's been great, and you know, yeah, like you kind of go back to draft. It's like you know, and you have a guy right now like Tony Pollard who's probably more explosive right now than Zeke is. Like you know, they'd probably be fine. You know, you talk about Ramsey, they'd probably be fine if Tony Pollard was their one right now, and if they if they didn't get Zeke, I know Zeke, you know, been a good running back over the years. I know he's kind of had you know battle a couple of injuries and all that and, and a sp- suspension, but. Yeah, you know, their offensive line was really good. You know, it you know, he was a great running back at Ohio State. So I, I see his point there with the offensive line. Yeah, you know, you got a solid offensive line like that, you can take the chance, but like even you know, you still have a guy like Tony Pollard, your backup, who is solid and could be the number one back, you know. Um, because he looks healthier right now than Zeke. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we gotta get to our best bets. And uh this week, my best bets are uh, I got the Falcons plus three against the Panthers. I think the Panthers' offense is a mess right now. You don't even know who the starting quarterback quarterback's going to be. They don't have Christian McCaffrey. The Falcons getting points with the better quarterback. I'm taking that. I got the 49ers plus one against the Bengals. Another another quarterback issue for the Bengals. We don't know if Joe, how, how healthy Joe Burrow is. And uh, I know the 49ers might be without Debo Samuel and Fred Warner. But I, I still think the 49ers bounce back this week and get a win in Cincinnati. And uh, – Obviously, the uh, Bucks minus three over the Bills. I just feel like the Buccaneers are playing great right now, and Buffett's going to be tough for Buffett. It's a quick turnaround for Buffalo to go play a tough Tampa Bay team on a short week. So that's those are my best bets. Justin, your best bets. My three this week, I got the Washington football team at plus five or plus four now. Um, I think it's a team, I think, you know, if they don't win this game, I still think they they lose by like a field goal or less. Like I think they hang in this game. Uh, I, I think Kaneki makes enough plays. I think Antonio Gibson has a big game on the ground, and they keep Dallas's offense off the field long enough. And I think Ron Rivera out coaches Mike McCarthy in this game. Then I have minus three with the Buccaneers. You know, yeah, as you mentioned the short week for Buffalo. I think it's a problem. The Buccaneers have been a much different team at home than they have been on the road. Um, and I and I think you know the the Bucks continue at home and they beat the Bills. You know, being able to throw the football. And um, slowing down their passing game just enough. And then I have the Cardinals minus three against the Rams. They mentioned the Rams have not played well in primetime games lately. You know, Matthew Stafford hasn't been able to correct the football. I think Kyle Murray makes enough plays. I think they forced Matthew Stafford to make a few mistakes. You know, the Cardinals capitalize on it. You know, I think they slow down the Rams passing game just enough in this one. And I'll take the Cardinals minus three at home on Monday night against um, the Rams. And Xander put a comment here. You got the Bengals falling off, Steve missing the playoffs. I think they got a very good chance to. I think that, I think they're a lesser version of the Cowboys. I, again, I don't think their head coach is good enough to win a Super Bowl with. I think their defense is improved. I like Joe Burrow, but I just don't think the head coach is good enough to win a Super Bowl with them. And they don't have Joe Burrow healthy. Their chances go way down because he's a solid quarterback. And you look at their you look at their upcoming schedule. I mean, the, 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 you look at you look you look at that up. You look, you look at the upcoming schedule for the Bengals. They got they still have to play the Chiefs. They still got to I think I think they still got to play the Ravens. They still even though the Ravens aren't great, they still got to play the Ravens and the Browns. And uh, and and, you, and and then this week's a tough game against the Niners. You look at their upcoming schedule, I could very easily see them missing the playoffs. Here's another comment from Z- from Xander. Rams split. No way they get swept. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, listen, they don't have the better quarterback going into that game, and 
when you don't have the better quarterback, there's a very chance, there's a very good chance you might get swept. I don't trust Stafford against good teams. Like I, I, I can see why Justin took that as their best bet. And uh, and Jared said, hate saying Washington plus four is probably a good pick, but it, it probably is because of their their two division rivals. Washington's at home; they're gonna be pumped up for the game. So Washington plus four could be a is a very good pick. Yeah, yeah I'm feeling good. Uh, thank you. I feel you know uh, feel good about that pick. Hopefully, yeah, you know. The only thing, you know, because I don't think Dallas pulls them out. I think, like, it's just like a field goal game. I think this thing goes down the wire. So, um, yeah, and then um, going with the Bengals here. Next week they head to um, Denver. Yeah, and then it's Ravens at home, Chiefs at home, and at Cleveland. So, yeah, as you mentioned, that is a very tough schedule. And if Joe Burrow banged up, I, you know, it's going to be very tough for him to go on the road or to go on a run here to make the playoffs as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah tough game for Dallas, but – it's a game. If this program is going in the right direction, if you think this program, if you if you trust this program, it's a tough game for does. But if you trust this program, they got to win this game. Ten days off against a team they're more talented, and if they lo- if they lose this game, the, the, there's uh, firing Mike McCarthy is not out of the question at the end of the season. If 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 if, if, they, if, they, if, they, if they don't end up winning the division, so yes, this is a tough game for Dallas because they're on the road against a team that has a chance to win the division. But it's definitely a game Dallas should win. It is. I think, and I agree. You know, Dallas has the more talented team in this one. Yeah, they've had the ten days off here between the Thursday night game and this one to kind of prep. You know, yeah, Dak Prescott should be able to throw the ball against this team. You know, it, as we've mentioned, I just think it comes down to coaching. Like, I think Ron Rivera does. You know, out coaching Mike McCarthy. Like, I think halftime Ron Rivera makes more adjustments than than Mike McCarthy. Like I could see the Cowboys being up by like a touchdown, maybe even by like you know ten points a half. But I see Ron Rivera being able to you know, make the adjustments that have, you know, and have Washington come back in this game and be able to, you know, have a comeback win. I, you know, I see something like that happening. It's, yeah, Dallas should win this game, but, you know, you, you never know because um, Ron Rivera is a really, really good coach. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. we got to get to the slate of games this week, though. And we got an AFC West matchup in Kansas City as the Raiders take on the Chiefs. I think these two, these are two teams that are going in two different directions. The Raiders have really struggled. They're going to be probably be without Darren. It could be without Darren Waller again. I think Chris Jones is going to get pressure on Derek Carr for a couple mistakes. And I think Mahomes is going to throw a couple touchdown passes in this game. I think I think the, 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 Raiders, the, Raiders, the Raiders will turn the ball over a couple times, force the Chiefs, and the Chiefs will capitalize on those. That's why I got the Chiefs winning this. I got them winning by uh, three scores. I got the Chiefs sweeping the Raiders, beating them 30-13. to 13. But, Justin, can Derek Carr keep up with Mahomes and help the Raiders beat the Chiefs for the second straight time at Arrowhead? It's going to be very tough, but I have the Chiefs 31-24. I think the Raiders season on the line here. I think Derek Carr plays well. You know, I don't think they're going to be able to win the game. You know, last time around, they were one for nine on third down. They And they converted – and the one first down they converted was the first third down they faced all game. You know, they showed all year in third down, they're only 33%. You know, I think if they can get it going with Josh Jacobs on the ground, you know, they lost Kenyon Drake for the year. Yeah, you know, if they don't have Darren Waller back, you know, that that will hurt them. But I feel like they can make enough explosive plays in this one to keep it close. The first time around, I thought the Raiders defensively did a horrible job two against them. Like, I, I think, you know, because Bradley changed their scheme this time around. And I think it does keep the Raiders in this game. I think they're pretty much fighting for their playoff lives right now. Uh, I think the Raiders, too, they've played better on the road, too, I feel like, than they have at home this year. So I think they come out. I think they, they keep this thing close, but – I don't think there's any way, um, you know, um, I don't think there's any way the Chiefs kind of lose this game. 
We got an AFC North matchup in Cleveland as the uh, as the Ravens uh, go to Cleveland face the Browns. And this is going to surprise you. I think the Browns being off this week, you know, Baker's going to get more healthy. And I think the difference in this game is going to be a windy day in Cleveland. It's going to be Nick Chubb. It's going to be Nick Chubb. The Ravens offense has really, really, really struggled. Uh, No, I mean, the the Ravens offense has really struggled recently, and I think they continue to struggle, and I think they force a turnover. I think Nick Chubb has not a great game, but a good game. And I think in a close competitive game, I think Lamar has the ball at the end, but the Cleveland defense is going to make a stop. I got the Browns pulling the ups. I I know they're not their favorite, but I got the Browns winning this game, getting their seventh win, keeping their playoff hopes alive. I got the Browns beating the Ravens 19-13. to But, Justin, can Lamar bounce back this week and keep the Ravens on top in the AFC North? I do have the Ravens 2017. I see Dan. I love to watch the uh, Vegas Raiders week get the uh, get the win at Kansas City. Love to get another game on uh, Kansas City there, trying to get ready for home field. So I guess I'll be cheering for the Raiders and the Browns this week. But um, yeah, I, I think Baltimore finds a way to win this game. The last four weeks, the Ravens have not been able to score more than 20 points, and they're five for 12 in the red zone. They have not been able to convert in the red zone. Um, they're only 30 percent on third down. Lamar Jackson's been sacked 36 times, which is the most in the league right now. Their offense really looks broken. But like I have con- and I know Baltimore's so banged up right now, especially in the secondary. Well, in all areas, the Ravens have so many injuries. But like I, I don't know how healthy Baker Mayfield is. So I'll still take Lamar Jackson to find a way to win this game. I think they do just enough at home in a big game. And I'll take the Ravens to find a way. I think Lamar makes enough plays in this one. To knock off Baker Mayfield, you know, again, they just he cannot throw he can't throw four interceptions again like he did. Or I think this time they probably get beat, but as long as he protects the football well enough, I think they find a way to win at home. AFC no NFC South matchup in Carolina as the Falcons travel to Carolina up to Carolina to face the Panthers. And I, I I think this is a close competitive game, but I don't trust the Panthers offense at all. The Panthers offense is a disaster. And I'm going to take the team with the better quarterback. That's why I had this as one of my best bets. I got the Falcons winning 20 to 17. But Justin, can the Panthers do have a big game and keep them in playoff contention? I think they do. Um, you know, Matt Ryan, the last um, four games of this, he has one touchdown to four interceptions. He's not played well. Carolina's going to have to buy. I know they just fired Joe Brady and all that. You know, the offenses look broken. Even though I don't think you can blame Joe Brady for having Sam Darnold and Cam Newton as your quarterbacks. I think it's very – and Chris McCaffrey being hurt the whole whole year, pretty much the whole year. I don't think you – I think the Panthers are going to regret, regret. regret that McCaffrey contract, seeing how many games he's yeah. played since, he's got, since, he, since he signed that deal. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, because he's one of the best running backs in the game, he's healthy. But, yeah, it's, he's another case of a running back just had not been able to stay healthy. I bet they, you know, they definitely are paying for that contract at the moment. But – um. You know, the first time around, too, the Panthers really shut down the Falcons' defense. Only had 213 yards. I think, you know, and, and the Panthers got after Ryan. They had three sacks. I think they did a good job getting pressure on them. I think, you know, the Panthers do that again. I think they forced a couple turnovers. And, you know, whoever plays quarterback, they have a couple short fields, and they're able to, you know, find a way to win this game. I just can't trust Atlanta right now. They just, you know, Matt Ryan hasn't played great. They're really banged up too offensively. I'll take the Panthers because, you know, I think defensively they're – they're better than the Falcons are in defense. I think their defense makes enough plays in this game to win the game. We got the Saints traveling up to MetLife Stadium to face the Jets, and uh, obviously the Saints have been banged up. Kamara's been out. Ramchak's been out. Tyron Armstead's been out. They've been banged up on offense. Taysom Hill 
it's probably, I think, I think, I don't even know who the starter is going to be. I think it's going to be Trevor Simeon this week at the Jets. But seeing who they're playing, if we seeing what a backup quarterback did to the Jets last week, I don't think it's going to matter because I think that, uh, I think the Saints defense is going to force Jack Wilson. I think Zach Wilson is not going to have as good of a week as he had last week. I think he's going to turn the ball over a couple of times. And I think Trevor Simeon is going to manage the game. And, and, and I think the Saints are going to snap that five-game losing streak, and they're going to get a win. I got the Saints beating the Jets 26-17. to 17. But, Justin, can Zach Wilson have another good game and help the, and help the Jets pull the upset? I think it's possible. I have the Saints 23-20, to 20, though. The Saints have struggled in the secondary, and I think, you know, Zach Wilson makes some plays. I think they got to get Elijah Moore the ball, continue to kind of get him involved as a big play threat, you know, without Corey Davis now, um, you know, but, yeah, I think they're going to be – you know, I think there are going to be a couple turnovers from Zach Wilson. You know, I, I thought he, he looked really good in the first half, but then he literally the third quarter they had ran three plays at the ball for 70 seconds. So, like, he went pretty much an hour without really being on the field. And I think that pretty – I think that hurt him a lot last week. You know, I don't think it would be that easy to move the ball up and down on the New Orleans Saints this week. You know, I think he he plays – he plays all right. He's going to make his mistakes, but – I just don't think it's enough to win this game because I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball either, and I think it's to make them one-dimensional. And I think the Saints find a way to win the game up at uh, MetLife on Sunday afternoon. Seahawks travel down to Houston to face the Texans, and I, I don't care if Jamal Adams is out for the season. I think this is a blowout. I think the Seahawks will be able to run the ball. Russell Wilson looked better than he's looked. He's looked Russell Wilson last week looked the best he's looked in two months. I think that the Seahawks win this game, and I think they win it convincingly. I got the Seahawks 31-10. Justin, you got the same? Uh, I have the Seattle. I don't know why I always have Houston close games. I see. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't get that. Why do you have Houston playing close games all the time? I mean, they they, 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 they never compete in these games. They never. They're the, they were the worst team in football. They are. I, I just think, like, I don't know why I'm, like, a believer in Ty- Tyrod Taylor is going to play, like, well. I'm just I'm like trying to predict the one week that Tyrod Taylor is going to actually keep his team involved in a game. He's not even starting. I think, I think Davis Mills is It starting. is back to Mills. Okay, well. Yeah. Yeah, Mill, I still Mill play great against the Patriots. I still don't know how he was lost in the Houston Texans. I, I, I still yeah. don't. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, Russell Wilson did look better. I thought Jimmy G too, like gave him a just handed him a couple turnovers. He made some great throws last week. Made some horrible ones. I think, I think, you know, maybe this is the week Houston keep, finally keeps keeps it close. But Seattle did have five yards of carry last week. I think they ran the ball pretty well as well. I'll take Houston when it close one twenty four to seventeen on the road this week in, in Houston. AFC, that that Tyler Taylor game <laughs> are chasing that that one yeah. Tyler Taylor game you're chasing was exactly exactly great yeah. comp days was in week one. Uh, we got an AFC uh, South matchup in Tennessee as the Jaguars face the Titans, and I think this game will be a little bit closer just because of all the t- guys the Titans have had out. I think Jacksonville's defense competes early, but eventually I think Jackson I think Tennessee's offense shuts down Tennessee's defense shuts down Jacksonville's offense. I think eventually the Titans win this game and win it by two scores. That's why I got the Titans winning 24 to 13. But Justin, will the Titans offense continue to struggle to cause them to get upset to another bad team? No, I think they, they look better coming off a bye. I got them 28 to 13. Um, when I'm, I'm winning against Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, they come off the bye. I, I want like Don. I'm hoping you know the big load here of Dante Freeman because he, he's built like a Derrick Henry, another big running back kind of bruiser. Uh, he ran well. Him and Dante Hilliard, Hilliard played well against the Patriots a couple weeks ago. I think they have a big day on the ground. I don't think they need enough. I don't think they need much of Ryan Tannehill this week. He's been awful in kind of some of these bad you know these bad teams that they play. 
but I feel like they won't, they won't need a ton of them this week. I think they run the ball over over Jacksonville. I thought Jacksonville was going to compete last week against a Rams team that was really kind of struggling. They didn't. I think, you know, um, I Jack, I just don't have much trust right now in Jacksonville to keep a game close. Um, you know, Xander Comet Titans win. They control their destiny with two wins over the Colts already. They went out. They went out. They stay safe for a playoff spot. Yeah, Absolutely. They, they're definitely they a good to make the playoffs. The question is how far are they going to go and with, with all the injuries they have. I mean, they'll make the playoffs, but the question is how far are they going to go? Yeah, that's, you know, yeah, I think it depends on Henry. I know who the Jones questionable to this week. So, like, he's getting close, so that helps. But, like, you know, if they can get Henry back and they play, like, you know, they're a seven seed, they, you know, I don't know, go up to, like, Casey or even, like, a New England and it's snowing and they could kind of be able to somehow run the ball. I could see it with, with that way because I think they are built to win in gym with the way they run the football. But, yeah, Ryan Tannehill, I think, is is the big issue there of, you know, can he do enough to win you a game? And I just – I don't think so um, just yet. We got an interesting matchup in Cincinnati as the 6-6 six and six Niners travel up to Cincinnati to face the 7-5 and five Bengals. And this was one of my best bets. I'm going, I'm going with the Niners. I think Joe Burrow is, is not 100%, and I feel like the Niners' run game – even though the Bengals stopped the run well, I think the Niners will be able to have some success running the ball. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo outplays Joe Burrow. That's why I got the Niners winning it uh, 20, 23 to 20, no, 24-20 over the Bengals. But, Justin, can the Bengals get back on track this week? I think they do. I think they win this game 23 to 20. I can't trust the Niners to go on the road. Um, he's, you know, as Daniel Tom, he's got wins over Casey Ravens, and I forgot who else, Titans. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not I sure think, what they mean there. He oh, pro- I think he uh, means Tannehill. 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 He's proven he can win without. <sighs> I haven't seen it in January. Like I know they no, they did no, get no. the AFC Championship game a couple years ago. I mean, he's got wins against. He can prove. He, he has proven they can win. Have proven they can win without Henry. Yeah, they they beat the Chiefs. I don't. They didn't beat the Ravens this year. They didn't beat the Ra- They beat the Ravens in the playoff years ago. And I forget. Yeah. Yeah, but, but but still, I just don't think without Derrick Henry, this team is going to go that far in the playoffs. I just think they need Derrick Henry. Ryan Cannell's not the same quarterback without him. He lost to the Texans without Derrick Henry. That should that should tell you enough. And he had four interceptions that day. Like he was yeah, horrible. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, you know, I I think yeah, you know, Hillier Freeman are kind of too back up. Oh, Ram, in Ram, okay, Rams. They did beat the Rams. Yeah, because he didn't yeah. play great. You know, they they got turnovers. They're, de- they're you know, it's going to have to be their defense. But again, it's. Their defense has looked better this year than I think most people thought it was, but it's it's something – I don't know if I'm still – I still am not at the point where I could trust them because, again, the Patriots tore them up, you know, oh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Matt Jones threw for 300. They had a couple of huge plays. So, I don't know if I could trust the Titans defense either to step up without Derrick Henry. That's – you know, I, I, I'm i not sure if they could do that. Yeah, exactly. So, back to the back to that Bengals game, though. You were talking about why you wanted – why you thought the Bengals would pull the upset, even with an injured Joe Burrow. Yeah, I can't trust the Niners going the road to win. I, I just and I can't trust Jimmy G. I thought last week he made a couple of really nice throws, but then he he overthrew a couple of receivers. And he made some bonehead mistakes too. He threw a bad interception in the second half. That yeah, cost, like, I don't that know cost what, them seven points. Yeah, you know, and I just don't know what Jimmy G's gonna show up. I'll take the Bengals to bounce back this week. Now I did not actually get pressure on him too, and I think that could you know could get some pressure on Joe Joe Burrow and really hurt them. But I, I think with Joe Mixon, I think they do enough. And I think without Debo Samuel, if he does not play this week, I think the I think the Cincinnati defense plays well enough in this game. Yeah, it's probably a coaching mismatch with Shanahan and uh, 
Dak Taylor, but I'll take Cincinnati to win this one at home. I think it's a big one. I think they know that they really have to win this game to stay in playoff contention. So I'll, I'll take the Bengals to, you know, find a way to win this one at home. I like Joe Mixon to have a big day. Got the Broncos who are hoping to stay in the playoff race. They host the Lions who got their first win last week. I think in this game, this is game is a this is a perfect game for Teddy Bridgewater. He can just manage it, hand the ball off to Javante Williams. He'll have a pretty good game on the ground. They don't have to score a ton of points. And I think the Broncos defense, you know, forces a turnover from Jared Goff. I think it's a close game, though, because the Lions have played hard for Dan Campbell all year. But I got the Broncos beating the Lions 20 to 13. But Justin, can the Lions extend their winning streak to two? No, I don't see it happening. Yeah, you know. Teddy let me down last week, big time. Um, you know, he was horrible. But, yeah, I, I you know, the, the Lions win. They won kind of on the, you know, last play of the game. I just don't think they're going to be able to move the ball. You know, I don't. they're not going to be able to move the ball against Denver, I don't think. You know, Jerry Goff played his best game as a um, as a Lion. But, like, I, I think Denver just leans on Javante Williams. I think Detroit's defense on the field a lot in this game. I don't think Jerry Goff has many opportunities with the football. And I think Denver wins this game by two scores, 23 to 13. I think they struggle to move, you know, the had their offense clicking in this game. We'll wrap up talking about an NFC North matchup in Green Bay as the Packers play the Bears. And I don't get why this is the Sunday night game because the Packers are going to completely blow them out. The Bears are a total mess. They need to fire their head coach. The Bears are going to get blown out to another top team. Aaron Rodgers is going to throw for three or four touchdowns. This is going to be a blowout. I got the Packers winning 31 to 13. And Justin, I assume you got the Packers winning big as well. Yeah, I get 27 to 13. Packers should give Fields a another tough day, you know, for because it sounds like he is. I think they did announce a little bit ago, right? Yeah, Justin Fields is going to start, um, or he's good to start Sunday night. So they, Justin Fields will be back. But yeah, I don't think that's going to matter. Um, I think he's going to get sacked a few times. And Aaron Rodgers, 21 to 5 against the Bears. I think he moves to 22 and 5 versus Chicago. I think they do whatever they want in this game. And it's going to be a rough night for the Bears once again to get any type of offense going Sunday night. Absolutely. Should should be an interesting. What goes through your guys' head when you guys predict blowouts and, and and a team ends up losing? Usually, Xander, when I predict a blowout, I think there's been like one time I predicted a blowout and the team has lost. That was, that was the Titans uh, beating the Losing Texans. It. A team usually does not lose when, when, when I predict a blowout. That, that usually does not happen. No, no, that one, that, that Texan one did frustrate me because I said in the first half to technically keep this thing close because, you know, I could see the letdown shot for the Titans, but then I said in the second half the Titans would blow them out. So it was a little frustrating because I guess if I said for the full game, I, you know, would have looked better. But uh, yeah, usually not. I think, yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think I have had another blowout. No, Jacksonville too. Jacksonville and Buffalo. Yeah, I think the same thing. Those two games, Jacksonville, Buffalo, and Tennessee, Houston, those were pretty much the two games all year. Yeah, that one I was just scratching my head. Like, what what happened to Buffalo? But now you can understand why. They can't run the ball. No, they can't. Yeah, not not yet. We we know why now after uh, after that one. Exactly, exactly. So we got to shift over to college college football and – we the final four was announced but before we talk about that we got a promo from clovercrest media it's been a pretty wet summer in connecticut and that means more mosquitoes than ever if you didn't have your home service for mosquito control and find you're spending most of your time outside flooding those little pests you are in luck mosquito shield of central connecticut provides the best value in mosquito control services because of how they treat your yard using the mosquito shield tailored treatment system They don't use a fixed schedule or an identical product, one-size-fits-all service program because you can't control mosquitoes on a set number of sprays or visits. 
Unlike the competition, Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut will service you for the season, whatever it takes to provide superior results. This promise has awarded them an industry-leading consumer retention rating of 90%. Visit MosquitoShieldCT.com to schedule an appointment with Wade the Cesare and enjoy the rest of your summer mosquito-free. Alrighty, so uh, we'll start. We'll start with college football, and we'll start with Mario Cristobal taking the job at Miami. And this was kind of a weird situation because, I mean, they hadn't fired Manny Diaz yet. They hire Cristobal, then they fire, then they fire uh, Manny Diaz. Justin, what are, what are your thoughts on the situation in Miami right now? Well, Miami, they don't have an AD still. Uh, so this is all. I heard that was a complete. You know, the the AD hiring has been a complete mess with. 50 different people telling candidates what's going on here. Uh, yeah, like, you know, what they did with Manny Diaz is ridiculous. Um, you, you can't really hold a coach like that. And the thing is, too, like, and, and Manny Diaz has to stay in coach because it's like he quits. He could have quit, but he loses, his, you know, he loses buyout, which I think believe was like $8 million. So it is definitely a poor, you know, situation in Miami for what they did to him. You know, it kind of just showed, okay, if we don't get Chris Ball, then we're just keep Manny Diaz, um, you know, and I, I think that's really ridiculous of how to treat someone. Even though Manny Diaz did leave Temple after two weeks, you know, which I thought was something, you know, back in, you know, three four years ago, you know, I think took Temple job right around now and left right before the new year. He, you know, went to Miami after Mark Rick uh, announced his retirement. But yeah, it, it was totally ridiculous what they did. I, I don't think, it's, but that's college sports right now. That that just it's kind of just it's. A total corruption, and that's the way it's been. And in, in, in the sport is a complete mess. But um, yeah, I, I thought it was really ridiculous what they did. Again, I don't. First of all, I think it's a little bit of an upgrade. He's a really good recruiter. I think he'll keep got kids in school. You know, uh, you know, kids in state to go to to go to Miami. But look at what happened against Utah the last two or three weeks. They got absolutely blown out. You know, know, they didn't make I mean, any adjustments. They were ter- it was terrible. I mean, yeah. I didn't I, I didn't expect them to get blown. I thought they'd lose to Utah, but I didn't expect them to get blown out the second the second time. No, I figured they make some adjustments, they keep this thing closer, but they didn't do anything. They didn't change anything to what they did. And and Utah just kind of just did the same thing. They just ran the football, converted on third down, they blew them out. And and then look at quarterback situation too. Look at Justin Herbert now. They didn't use Justin Herbert right. Oh Anthony no, Brown. No is not that good of a quarterback. And they had Ty Thompson, who's one of the top first in the country. They didn't give him much of a chance at all. Like, I think he's a great recruiter. I think he's done a good job at Oregon to kind of turn them back around after Willie Tiger and um, Helfrich struggled, and they kind of went four and eight, five and seven. They were kind of mediocre. I think he did a good job getting him back, but big games, he has not been great. Like, I don't think he'll get Miami to a college playoff. I think he'll win an ACC championship, you know, there here and there, just because there's not a lot of, you know, talent in the ACC, but this move, I don't think really moves a needle. Like my, I don't think Miami's back. Now the one interesting part of this all is he did play for Miami. He did go to school down there and he did go to high school at two of the biggest donors at Miami right now. So now it sounds like they're actually going to spend money. Um, and which is going to be very interesting because Miami's been, they don't really spend at all. Um, so it sounds like they're going to go out and kind of spend, they're going to, let him kind of hire, have a big assistant coaching uh, pool. Again, I think you know, he should go after Joe Brady and all that. But, yeah, it doesn't really move the needle for me here. 
with Mario Cristobal. I think they could win some ACC titles. But again, the Miami Miami's got one ten one season since two thousand four. They have one bowl win since two thousand seven. I don't think Mario Cristobal gets them back to the glory days. I don't. I don't think he's the right guy um, to do it with. Oh, uh, not at all, not at all, not at all. But now we'll react to the top four in college football, and uh, and and uh, and we got Alabama. Uh, there was no surprise. I mean, it looked like when uh, Oklahoma State won their game, they lost their game. They, they, we could have chaos, but how it ended was with Alabama beating Georgia and then Michigan winning. There pretty much was no surprise. The final four was very clear. You had Alabama number one. Michigan number two, Georgia three, and Cincinnati four. And the team you had number five lost to Cincinnati. So it made sense that these were the top four teams uh, in, in college football. So I really had no issue. We'll, we'll get to the games uh, later on, uh, later on in the month. But I really had no I like everybody, I had no issue with the final four. No, I didn't either. I thought it was the right four. I thought Georgia and Michigan were going to be um, switched. I thought Georgia was still going to be number two because they're SEC bias here. But no, I, I thought the committee did a good job. I was, you know, it's great. And now we can finally say, well, they'll let a group of five team in, even though they probably did not want to. Um, you know, I, I think it's right. I think Alabama should be the one after the way they beat Georgia. Cincinnati undefeated. They beat a good Notre Dame team. They beat a good Houston team. They look good. You know, uh, Michigan, they're the Michigan's the first team ever to um, start the season on rank to make a college football playoff. Jim Harbaugh has done a great job this season. Came out of nowhere, really, and you know, and Georgia still sitting there had a great defense. Alabama kind of tore them up here, so yeah, I think the give committee did a good job um, of seeding. You know, again, I, they they got absolutely the four teams right, and you know, kudos to them because I don't usually give them give them credit for what they do. Um, I see Xander Sama here. What do you guys use to rank teams? I do a ton more of kind of. My big thing is like the eye test. I really, really like the eye test. Um, and because it says we have people like Pride that think uh, San Antonio deserves to be in the top four because they ridiculous. are eleven one. That is absurd. No, that I don't think they should be eleven one. Think that? No, no, I don't even know what conference they're playing. That's 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 that sure. That, what do you say? Conference, conference USA. USA. Okay. okay, but yeah, they're playing Conference USA. There's no team in Conference USA that deserves to be in the top four. AAC, I'll I'll give you that. Conference USA, no way. No, they shouldn't be in the top four. They should be in the top 25. They're 11 to 1. They've beaten who they've had to beat. They beat a good Memphis team on the road. They've looked good for the most part. They beat Western Kentucky again. Like, you know, they beat Illinois on the road. It's, you know, I, I don't think they should be in the top four by any means. And I love my kind of group of five teams. You love the group of five, yeah. I do. But they can't be, even if they're 12 and 0, they can't be. They, they couldn't be in the top four. Um, I have them like in the top 20. That That's kind of, you know, top top 20s where, where I have them ranked. It's a good team. They've only had a team now for only about a decade. Like, it's a brand-new kind of team. So, it's great to see what they're doing. And Jeff Taylor done. But, yeah, absolutely not. I, I, I could not put them in the top four. That's 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 ridiculous. Their defense would get absolutely – well, they get smoked anyways by any of those four teams. And the thing is, for me, too, uh, going, uh, going on Sanders' comment, I, I do the same thing. I go by the eye test. I mean, yes, I'm – not as friendly. I'm not as I'm not as big on the on the group of five as Justin is, but I do go on the eye test because here's a good example of it. Even if Oklahoma State won that game, it was an it would have been ugly. They would have won that game with their quarterback throwing four interceptions. Even if Oklahoma State won that game, I probably still would have put Cincinnati ahead of them because I thought that was a that would have been a really ugly win. If they, I know the committee probably would have put Oklahoma State ahead of Cincinnati, but if Oklahoma State won the game, I probably would have put Cincinnati ahead of them. 
Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think it's a great point because, yeah. And Baylor played with a, with a back of quarterback, and he absolutely tore him up. When he started for, like, his first, like, 15 out of 15 passes. Yeah, I think so. yeah, yeah. You know, like, he that was a back of quarterback that absolutely tore them apart. And, yeah, like, Oklahoma State lost ugly. They they did not play well at all. And it's a letdown, even though I didn't think it would be a letdown spot for him because I thought it was such a big game that they'd be ready for it. Now, I don't think they didn't have – um Warner, you know, he was not able to go, but yeah, they couldn't run the ball at all. It was ugly. I think, yeah, you had to go Cincinnati ahead of them, you know, I test wise. But yeah, I think you are correct. They probably would have put Oklahoma State ahead of Cincinnati. I, I think that would have definitely kept them out if they somehow won because I think they really would have valued that win against, um, you know, Oklahoma and beating Baylor top top ten team for a second year or for a second time already this year. And it says, how much does how much weight does strength of schedule carry for you too? It, it matters to me. It really matters to me because if you're if you're like if you're it, it matters to me because if you're if you're a really good team and you play nobody, I, I think I think I, I think that I think that matters. I think that that that, that, that matters. And now I test. I'd say first I test second strength the strength of schedule because to your point, Oklahoma State probably played a tougher schedule than Cincinnati, but to me, I felt like Cincinnati was the better team. So. It's second to me. I would say I test first, strength of, strength of schedule second. Yeah, the eye test is up there. Strength of schedule is as well. You know, the problem with, you know, strength of schedule is it's like, because, you, you know, because it's tough. Like a team in Cincinnati's case is they tried, they went out and they went on the road to Nordane. They went out, they scheduled Indiana. It wasn't their fault Indiana went 2-10. Like they did try to schedule it's not their fault they play in the American Conference. You know, they're moving to the Big 12, which is going to help them. It definitely does matter. But then it's like you look in Georgia's case here. Um, you know, next time they – next time, but look at Georgia's schedule. They beat – I guess they did beat Arkansas. They beat Auburn. But, like, those offenses weren't great when they were top 25. Like, the best offense Georgia faced was Alabama. Like, they didn't – you know, Clemson was probably the best – Clemson was probably the best offense they faced until Alabama. And I think that's really saying something. So I, I those matter, but I think it, it holds too much because it's like, well, you know, like the SEC stinks, you know, I like, yeah, they beat Arkansas, but Arkansas is eight and four. Like, yeah, it's one of those things that it is up there. Um, but like, I, I definitely have the access above. It. It's definitely probably turning schedule in my top three, but like, you know, it more, it's the eye test for me. Cause it's, how are you beating these teams that you're playing? And that that's my big thing. You're blowing everybody out. Great. And you're playing and you're not playing anybody. I think that's really the most important thing that if you're blowing teams out and your strength is not great, I think still, you know, you're taking care of business against the you know, lesser opponents. And as Joe always says, you got to play who's out in front of you. It's not, it's not Cincinnati's fault that they, that they were, that they were in the, that they're in the American conference and that Indiana wasn't good. You got to play who's out in front of you. That, that's the thing. And then, Coming from uh, Xander, thank you. Ne- next time I ask that question in our group chat, I want that answer, Steve. You will get that answer. I promise you that, Xander. You will get that answer when you ask that in the group chat, and and, and uh, you will definitely get that answer. So so uh, so yeah, I think the rankings. I think we agree that they the, that that they, they were very they were accurate. There wasn't much surprise on Sunday, and and it should be should be two good games in the final four. But we got to get to the Heisman, and I think I think there was a lot of suspense towards the Heisman. Uh, before last Saturday, but Bryce Young pretty much secured the Heisman with his performance against Georgia. So I think it's going to be, I think it's pretty obvious Bryce Young is going to win the Heisman. 
Yeah, I think so too. You know, even though he looked horrendous into Auburn, even though he had that one drive, 97 yards that tied it, they end up winning in four overtimes. But yeah, I would love to see like an Aiden, Aiden um, Hutchinson win it just with his impact this year. Obviously, it's not going to happen. It's a quarterback award, even though Devontae Smith won it last year. But yeah, you know, I think, you know, Bryce Young's going to win it. Was suspenseful going up the last weekend. It's not anymore, unfortunately. Um, I, I think Young is right now the kind of clear cut favorite. And I think it's not clear cut, but it's, it's, it's a favorite right now. Kenny Pickett had a great year, you know, with his development. CJ Stroud had a pretty good year for Ohio State, you know, having two of the top weapons as well. Um, really helped him. But, yeah, I think it's going to go back to Alabama once again, and I think Bryce Young is going to win that award. Yeah, yeah, he definitely should. I mean, he was just great against Georgia. He looked he looked like a, a, the best quarter – he looked like the best quarterback in college football in that game against Georgia. No, he did, and it, it was really stunning that, that the way they played, you know, from a week ago, you know, against Auburn. And that first quarter was not great, and it kind of looked like Alabama was – Georgia was kind of taking control, but – yeah, they started kick, clicking on some big plays there. Jameson um, Williams had a you know big game for him, and yeah, like he you know there, his line gave him excuse me gave him some time here, and he was able to throw the football you know spread out. There, you know, and his line did enough for him. Um, you know, he had 421 yards against a Georgia defense that has been great all year, but that's been their one weakness for Georgia was kind of that secondary, and you know they put it there the great game plan and Bryce Young executed to perfection and yeah he, he tore that off there that defense um apart on saturday all right i'm gonna throw a curve here i mean i didn't put this in the rundown but we can't not talk about this game and i think you know where i'm going justin we got we got obviously got the army navy game on uh on on, on, on uh saturday i think both teams run the, obviously both teams are going to run the ball but i think navy's going to win the game by a couple scores no i mean i don't forget i think army, yeah, mean army army's going to win the game by a couple game. scores uh but Justin, what do each team is? What does each team have to do to win this game? Well, for Army, you know, they just got to kind of take care of the football in this game. You know, obviously it's it's weird because you know these two teams kind of run the same system. They kind of know what they're going up against. You know, I, it's for Army just do not turn the football over. Just 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 take care of the football because the Navy's offense this year. You know, they rank twenty second in rushing, which they are always top five. They really show the offensively, so don't give them any more help. Um, than they need in this game, you know. So as long as Army protects the football, I don't think they're going to have to do much at all in this game. I think they it this game is always close, and I think it's been 15 or 16 straight years it's gone under. Like it's always good. This game's always going to be close, and it's always going to be a battle. So it's so as long as Army does not turn the football over, they're good in this game. Um, for Navy, it's can they get any offense? You know, their their offense is going to have to, you know play well in this game because yeah, um army's been good stopping the run you know navy's navy's offense has kind of been up and down I think this is like their third or fourth quarterback they've kind of used this year yeah, they've used three or four quarterbacks this year they really have not been able to find uh anybody to really kind of be able to take over that system this year you know they they gotta you know they just have to have a couple kind of big long drives here where they could kind of you know um be able to keep Army's defense off the field, you know, kind of just control the clock, like, like you know, normally they, they you know, usually have to do. I just, you know, and their defense is going to have to make a couple of big plays. Their defense is probably going to have to win them this game. I just don't see – their offense just is not good enough right now. Um, 
think they they fired their it was weird they fired their OC but he's now the quarterbacks coach it's like a weird situation right now in Navy as long you know I think Army wins this game close I think it's like 20 to you know 14 something around there um I just don't see Navy having much success at all I think Army Army's offense is better than Navy's is I think Navy's gonna have to throw the football like Navy's gonna have to you know going to have to try to throw the football a few times to try to, you know, um, make Army respect the pass. I get, you know, even though I know they don't throw, but I just, you know, the way their offense has, you know, played the last few weeks, I just don't think they're going to be able to get much going against the ground against Army at all. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Always fun to see Army and Navy play. Uh, It's always fun to see Army and Navy go up against each other, even though obviously – I mean, obviously the ratings, I think the big reason why they moved the game to uh, to, to be a standalone game, because I don't think the ratings, I, am I right about this? The ratings haven't, weren't as good when it wasn't a standalone game? Yeah, I don't know the exact reason, but I do think you have a pretty good case there. I, I think so. And I like that it's a standalone game as well. I, I think, you know, this is one of the best games of the year. I know maybe not on the field-wise, um, but like the tradition and having all these, all these guys – that are going to protect their country in the next few years. Like, I, I think it's great that they do get their own game where they do have a standalone game, you know, at the end of the year to kind of close out the regular season. I think it's great. I think, you know, I think it's great for the sport of football, um, you know, and especially too, because it's not all just about the football in this game. It's about all the, you know, other stuff with the traditions, with kind of the fight songs after the game, you know, it, it's just, it's such a, it's such a fun game. Um, it's definitely, it's actually number one on my college football bucket list to get to. One really, years. really? Oh yeah, yeah, it's got to yeah. be. Oh yeah, an Army Navy game, absolutely. The problem yeah. is, so it's so it's so tough to get tickets for a game like that. Yeah, absolutely, it is. So you know, I, hopefully, hopefully one day I'll have connections to get there, get there because uh, then MetLife too this year. So um, yeah, I, you know, it's it's such a great game and you know, um, one of the best of the year, and I always look forward to it. And I love uh, love when two teams run the triple option like this. Great, great football. Always seems like it's in the snow too, which is always fun. You know, in like the snow bowl too. So, yeah, it's always a great game every year. Yeah, we'll see what happens this year. But we got to transition over to college basketball, and the UConn women lost their best player for a significant amount of time. But before we talk about that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. So, Jess, why did you become a realtor? I worked in a various customer service jobs, so I wanted something a little bit more rewarding. Um, becoming a real estate agent, being able to help people find their forever homes or their investment homes, starter homes, it's very exciting, so a lot of fun. Now, you've gotten off to a really good start in your real estate career. What has been the most rewarding part of this for you so far? Helping people, especially like first time home buyers, um, finding their first home. They're so excited. Um, I'm so excited to help them. So it's a nice, rewarding part. What is it that you think makes you different than other real estate agents? I think that my various roles in customer service has helped me. So I like to ask a lot of questions and I want to know what I'm doing. So I think that helps a lot because I'm not going to steer people the wrong way. I'm going to make sure they have knowledgeable decisions um, and help them find the right home. Last thing I want to ask you is, and I know these are words that you live by, but the mantra at CTBB Realty is? People over paychecks do the damn thing. And that's what we do.
Alrighty, the UConn women beat Notre Dame on Sunday, 73-54, but that win did not come out without a cost. That was not really the story. The story was that Bade Becker is going to be out for six to eight weeks with a timidal plateau fracture. I mean, this is this is a big injury for UConn. I don't think it's – where it's going to hurt them is in their non-conference games. That's why I think they're going to drop a couple of non-conference games. I wouldn't be surprised if UConn has three or four losses this year. Like the game at South Carolina, you know they're not going to have her in that game. Uh, That's actually the, the target date. It's a target date, but she's not playing in that game. The game they go out to Oregon, I think that's probably going to be a loss. They're probably not going to. They're probably not going to have her in that game. And they got a couple. You know, they got Louisville, so they're. I think they're going to drop three, three or four. They're going to drop, you know, three or four games when she's out. But the thing is, is the fact they're they're going to play mostly Big East teams will probably mean they'll probably be fine. But I won't be surprised. This team has you know four or five losses due to this injury. No, it wouldn't shock me either. I think you know tomorrow. Or- yeah, tomorrow night, Georgia Tech was a team top, started top 25. That's going to be a tough one. UCLA, too, is a team that started top 25. They play Saturday in uh, the Prudential Center in New Jersey. That's a tough one. Obviously, Louisville, you know, they're a top 10 team. That one's going to be tough because, you know, they don't have either um, the number one, you know, player from last year's class in Ozzy Feud. She's out, I think, for another one or, you know, another week or two as well. So, you know, yeah, it, it's kind of – somebody's got to step up. Um you know, I, I totally see because Big East play DePaul, I think, is like really the only other team that has like a chance at the tournament. Like, I it's the Big East of the women's side isn't great, so yeah, so it's not conference games. South Carolina, they already lost to, um, you know, down in Battle for Atlantis a couple weeks ago. Yeah, you know, like South Carolina, that, I know that's the hope to get her back then, but it is a tough one, and they're gonna, you know, they have any chance to beat South Carolina on the road, they're gonna need her back for that game. But, yeah, it's a tough loss, and it's something where 20 seconds left, there's no need for her to be in that game. And I, I just, you know, for Gino there, I, I don't, yeah, don't know why I can't just get somebody else in there. I know. It's hard to question Gino, but I don't mm. know. Why, why was she in that game? That's the big question. I don't know. You know and his, his response was like, you know, we're a different team with her on the court than off, but it's like there's 20 seconds left, though, Gino. Like there's no need that, you know, what difference? You're up 19 points. What do you need her for in that game? I, I, you know, I know he's not, I know it's been his mantra that he never really pulls the starters, but you know, something like that. And now I don't, it's not going to ruin their season by any means here, but you know, what does not kind of schedule that they play? It's, you know, these next three games are not going to be easy and you know, they should probably win two out of, you know, they should win two out of three, but wouldn't be shocked if they only won one of the next three here. Yeah, it could, be, it could be a very good chance that UConn won't be a number one seed this year. They very easily could be a two seed or even a three seed due to this injury. It is possible because it's not a lot of big kind of big East games that are going to really help their resume. You know, they're going to – Georgia Tech would be a nice win if they can get that one tomorrow night. UCLA is another team at a neutral site would be a nice win. But, it, yeah, like Louisville, they can somehow get Louisville. I think you're, you're, you kind of look good, but – yeah, like the Big East not really going to help their resume out. Oregon's not as good, I know. I think they've had some injuries, I, I think, of what I've read. So maybe they're a different team by the time they face them in late January, early February, whatever it is when they play the Ducks out there, which, yeah, that could be a tough game as well. Like, yeah, they're going to have to somehow steal a couple of these because, yeah, it's, you know, um, could very easily see it because South Carolina's very good. I've heard Maryland's very good. I've seen, you know, NC State's very good, so – there's very you know Stanford to Baylor is always good so yeah there's a there's a very good chance that they are sitting there as a two seed uh, come March. 
All right, moving on to the men. They got a big game tonight. They travel to Morgantown to play West Virginia. Really their first true road game of the season. Uh, going to the, uh, going to, they're, they're playing a big game. And really what I took away from – they really have played three real – they're seven and one, but they played three real games. Let's be honest. With all the games at the Battle of Atlantis, I mean, the uh, the, the, the Auburn game, Michigan State game, and the and the VCU game. And the thing was is the, the only two games were uh, – where Sinago and Cole played well together in was the was the Auburn game, which they won in overtime. Then obviously the Michigan State game, uh, Sinago played well, but Cole didn't. And then it was the reverse in the VCU game; they won in overtime. Uh, so I, I I think this is going to be a close competitive game. But I think the difference in this game because West Virginia, I don't know, I don't think they're as good as last year. I think you know the, one of their losses was to Marquette and Mark UConn expect to be, is expected to be better than Marquette this year. They don't have the size I feel like they had last year. I think they're pretty much relying on their guard play with McNeil and Sherman. I think they rely on that. So I think the difference in this game is going to be Sanago. And that's why I think UConn wins this one. No, Sanago's out. Oh, Sanago. Oh, then out. that's going to be – then tonight's going to be an issue. And then, then they're probably going to lose this game because Sanago would be the difference in a game like this. And I, and I feel like UConn's going to have to shoot the ball the way they did against Auburn if they want to win this game. And I just don't think they're going to be able to shoot the ball that well. So I'm probably going to go with West Virginia on the road. But I'm happy they scheduled a game like this on the road. I think it's – we're going to learn a little bit about this. I know we're not going to learn a ton about UConn because they don't have Sanago, but we're going to learn a little bit about UConn tonight at West Virginia. Yeah, the Big East, Big 12 Challenge here, you know, first one great point West Virginia. Um, yeah, no Martin either tonight, which he's like a Swiss Army knife of he can do. I think he's supposed to be – I know his target date's kind of back for Providence. I think Sanago's probably out until the Butler game. I, I think probably more likely. I know they're – there's a, maybe a little bit of hope he can kind of get back before then. But I, I, I think January 1st is probably the more likely scenario you come back. But, yeah, West Virginia, they are not – you know, Bob Huggins does not like his press anymore, even though they still average 19 turnovers a game. UConn is – if I'm Bob Huggins, I'd put the, I'd put the press on tonight because Dan Hurley has no press break. And it, I just don't know how you don't have a press break as a Division One team. Um. And like a guy like um, Andre Jackson is not great handling the basketball. Hawkins has his issues too at times. Like I, I, I if I'm West Virginia, I press, I press them all night until they they prove to you that they they can you know take care of the basketball. Yeah, Tra- Tez Shor- um, Sherman, he's leading them with 21 points a game. He's been really really good. Um, you know, like other than that, like McNeil's been good, but like they really haven't had that consistent third score, which I think is an issue. Obviously, it's tough to go play in Morgantown. This is their first you know, true road game of the year, but really this is like their first road game with fans. And probably they put Memphis back in like the first weekend of February back in like 2020. That's probably the last time they played in an environment that they're going to see tonight. Um, so it'll be interesting how they handle that. West Virginia is great on the offensive glass. You know, cook a cook's going to have to be key tonight. I thought he played really well on Saturday, you know, uh, Def- defensive rebounding in West Virginia, it's not great. They allow, you know, a good amount of um, offensive rebounds. So, like, I think UConn is going to have to clean up on the offensive glass, get some opportunities there. Um, but I like West Virginia tonight. I think they turn them over. I think they turn UConn over a lot tonight. I don't trust UConn with the ball handling right now. You know, it, it gets in Jackson or Hawkins' hands right now. They're going to need a big game for Jordan Hawkins tonight. He's going to have to knock down some shots. But I, I like Bob Huggins. I think he outcoaches early tonight. I think he makes them. Nice calls late in the game. That is a difference maker in this one. I got the Mountaineers knocking off the Huskies tonight. Another big game for UConn. They play St. Bonaventure at the. Is that a doubleheader with them and the women? Yes, the women play at one against UCLA, and then they men are three thirty. 
against St. Bonaventure. And I think this is going to be another tough game, too. I think St. Bonaventure is a team. They're 7-1 and one with good guard play. I think it's going to be a, another tough game. But I just feel like UConn's going to find a way to pull this one out. What are your thoughts on the St. Bonaventure game? Yeah, I think they find a way to pull this one out. Now, I wouldn't – if. But St. Bonaventure's down their best guard. Um, and one of the most underrated guys in the country, Kyle Lofton, he's 17 points a game score. Averages a good amount of assists, too. Um, you know, he's kind of the one that makes the offense go. But they have another guy in Asun, um, Osuni, the center. I think he's one of the best centers in the country. He averages only 10 points a game, but like eight rebounds a game. He's just physical down low. And I think this is where Cook physically, I think, could have some issues in this game. Um the problem with St. Bonaventure is they are small. Like they they go with a four guard lineup, and they're the guys starting at the four spot, six foot five. So it, it's where like UConn could be able to kind of hand them on the boards. They're athletic, so like I don't know if this is a game where you're going to see a ton of Tyler or Polly just because defensively, Polly has a, his issues here. Um, but you know, St. Bonaventure doesn't have a bench either. Like they that's that's a thing. So. You know, when, they, when you kind of get those opportunities, you got to kind of, you know, the bench guy somehow beat you. Okay. I just, I can't, you know, St. Bonaventure's bench, I think like that guy only averaged like three or four points. They don't get much production out of their bench. They only play like six guys, too. Um, they, they don't play many guys either. So it's a St. Bonaventure team that's pretty much, it's like UConn. Defensively, they're going to try to force their numbers. They're going to play tough, hard nosed defense. They're not a team that's going to score a ton of points. They, they like to kind of play. You know, they were 73 this year, you know, so far this year, but you know, they're going to be a team that's probably going to play around the 60s. You know, they, they want to be around there. They kind of UConn is, you know, their pace of play is 253 for the Bonnie. So I think UConn, and Hurley actually said it, and I think it even goes well for tonight too. UConn has to push the pace. They cannot play in the half court, especially against both these offenses. You're not going to be able to do much. Uh, I mean, against St. Bonnie Rutgers' defense, you're not going to be able to do much in the half court offensively. They're gonna have to push the pace. They're gonna have to get them out of their, um, you know, their comfort zone in this game. That's what you kind of has to do, especially against the Bonnies as well. I feel like because you know West Virginia is gonna take pick off a lot of passes, get a bunch of steals. The Bonnies kind of like them, you know, tough defense. They're they're gonna uh, be all over you, um, and, and you know they're not gonna give you give you a lot of easy looks. So I think for UConn, they gotta get out in transition, and you know I, I hope. Because Calhoun was at practice Friday because he was oh, know, I saw. after, I saw. after uh, I Tuesday's saw. debacle. Um, I saw Calhoun. You know, Calhoun so, is Calhoun, yeah. once, When you see Calhoun at practice, you better be playing well because you know he's always watching. Oh, yeah, because I guess uh, Hurley called them after that game. So I, I hope her, he got in Hurley's ear and said, push the pace, please. Because <laughs> we know Calhoun. You know Calhoun. Who called him out? Because even her, I mean, Calhoun actually kind of called them out in the paper really? back in like March after the game, oh, like really? wow. you know, like all these horses and you know they're they're playing the half court. He kinda, you know, one thing Calhoun loved to do, he loved to push the pace. You were going oh, half yeah. speed with Calhoun, you were finding yourself on the bench. So yeah, so yeah, I think Calhoun's presence really helped helped on Saturday, and I hope Calhoun's presence continues to help this team throughout the season. Hopefully, because they need it. They 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 will need it without Tanago Martin for the next few weeks. So. Hopefully, because Hurley needs it too. Hurley, Hurley needs some help in the late game coaching. Um, he gives me a heart attack. Yes, yes, so. absolutely, absolutely. 
So we'll get to the Jimmy V Classic. I'm not talking about the first game. That first game put me asleep. That first game, I know it went to overtime. It was a ter- that first game was terrible. But the second game between Syracuse and Villanova, Syracuse kept it. They, the Garden was rocking. I'll tell you, the Garden was rocking for that game. It was like, it was like old school Big East. That's why I enjoyed watching that game because it was old school Big East. The Garden was rocking. The first game felt like there was no one in the Garden and the game was completely boring. Nobody could score. But this game, especially the first half, it was interesting. I thought I thought Syracuse had Villanova had some trouble against Syracuse's zone. In that first half, I don't think they had some trouble, but in the second half, I think Villanova, the, the cream rose up to the top. I thought Villanova played really, really well in the second half. They, Gillespie got hot, Samuels got hot, Moore got hot. I felt like they got hot. They started to shoot the ball really well. They ended up winning the game by 14 points. Uh, Syracuse, Buddy Beheim did not have a good night. The other son, Jimmy, he had a, he had a, he had the best, he was their leading scorer with 21 points. But the big question is for both teams Villanova, we know they have two losses to two really good teams, Purdue and UCLA. Are they still a top team? Are they still the best team in the Big East? And for Syracuse, are they an NCAA tournament team this year? I think that's where these two teams are at right now. Yeah, for Nova, I, I think they are the big best team still in the Big East. I just think, I, you know, I would say right now UConn's the number two. I'd probably put them right there at Seton Hall. I, I still think Villanova, you know, I got to take Villanova. They've been the class league for the last eight years, you know. Until somebody knocks them off, I got to continue to pick them. You know, now down low worries me because Eric Dixon, they don't really – because that's how UCL beat him. UCL beat them because they did not have a shot blocker. And, and UConn could beat them down low if Sinai goes healthy. And they play him in February, so he should be healthy for that game. Yeah, the only problem with Sinai is he cannot pass. He can – he's a black – I've never seen a Division one player not be able to pass. And you know Jay Wright's going to is going to double him. You know Ooh. that he will not – he will not – he will be doubled every play. Jay Wright will make sure of that. Oh, yeah, because that's what Tom is. That's why I'm a little worried with Sanago here. And hopefully he can find a way to learn how to pass these next few weeks. So why he's out with an injury. So, yeah, like I think Nova, again, talented. Um, I just think, you know, with their guards, again, Kyle Gillespie, he's got that Archie Diacono, you know, Jalen Brunson kind of in him, I feel like. So I think it's a team that can go a long way. I think they are the best team in the Big East right now. But, again, like a night like that, they kind of figured it out. Jay Wright's such a fantastic coach. Um they fear, you know, but um, I, I worry about down low, their down low presence because Eric Dixon's not great down there. Samuels is physical, but he's only six seven. Like, you know, he's, he gives up some height, which is kind of the issue there. Uh, for Syracuse, again, I think they're on the, I think they're, once again, they probably find a way to sneak in, but and they're, they're on the bubble the most of the year. But again, the loss to Colgate, and I don't know how much ACC basketball you've watched this year, but it's horrendous. Duke, oh, really? Duke it's is bad. far and away the best team. Florida North Carolina. Good. I thought North, North Carolina beat Michigan, though. They looked better the last few weeks. Their defense started to play better. They weren't playing deep in the first few weeks. There. They're starting to a bit, so maybe the trend's starting to go in the right direction. I'm not sold on them yet. Virginia cannot score. Like, it's worse than usual. Um, Florida State's down. You know, North Dame stinks. Like, it, it's – the ACC's down. So, like, I don't know how many quality wins Syracuse is going to have. Like, they have Georgetown Saturday and Georgetown, but Georgetown's a mid-major team. They're horrendous. Um, I think they may have one more big night. I think actually that's it. And then I kind like, I don't know how many big, you know, resume building wins Syracuse is going to have. So like, I see them being around the bubble once again, but like, I, I think they find a way to sneak in. Like again, March, I think they find a way to, you know, win a few games, ACC tournament, bulk up the record. They sneak in as a 10, 11 seed and they find a way to make the sweet 16. Like it's just, that's the prime Jim, Jim behind the last five, six years. seems like, but yeah, they, big- they need buddy get going. Yeah, I think the big reason for that is is they, they do that is because in the ACC, everyone knows how to play against their zone, but the first couple of rounds of the NCAA tournament, teams struggle against their zone. They don't see it all year. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, you saw San Diego State really just absolutely be 
baffled by that. And it's San Diego State's not a really good team offensively. They're a great defensive team. They can't really score. Yeah, that's been yeah, they've been able to use that to his advantage. Um, you know, a few years ago they beat Baylor with that. Baylor, I think, was like the four for like 25 from three a couple years ago they played in the first or second round they beat them like yeah you know they they face teams that that don't really see that zone and you know it, it's it's weird that he's playing that zone now you know it's like a Jay Bills it's like a one three one I kind of it's like close to that like a four one like it's he's trying to really make sure that you cannot beat him with the three ball anymore and you know last night it worked for a little bit but yeah you know ACC teams kind of yeah figure out that zone Jay Wright knows that zone so yeah, Syracuse, I think, again, prime, probably bubble team, and they find a way to sneak in. They probably win a couple games when they get into the dance. We'll see what happens there. It'll be interesting. But that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R&J. Our producer, Jace Garcia, did a great job. For Justin D'Onofrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week previewing week 15 of the, of the NFL season and talking UConn basketball as they get ready for Big East play. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jones had first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Showing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.